Hurry, 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 step right up. You won't want to miss a minute of the Dark Moon Fair. It's a menagerie of wonders for the whole family. The second tent brings danger and daring do as we amaze you with epic feats from the heroic hunter, the magnificent mage, the pious priest, and wonderful warlocks and warriors. You, my friend, are listening to The Happy Hearthstone, the longest continuous-running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time and cards. I am Guy Grumpy, the host of this show, and this is episode 208, the second part of a three-part review of Madness at the Dark Moon Fair. This episode is brought to you, as always, by lovely people just like you. Thank you so much to all of our patrons like Ignatius HS, Ridiculous Hat, Clape HS, Beef Squatch, Liam W, Samurai Flea, and of course our lovely producers Menok and Number Theory. You can join them and get some great perks for yourself by going to patreon.com slash the happy hearthstone. We covered a lot of the changes uh, to this format and the card reviews as a whole in the last episode, so we recommend watching or listening to that episode first if you're curious about the format change. If not, or you're ready to just jump right in, um, or you're caught up already, we're going to be talking about Hunter, Mage, Priest, Warlock, and Warrior today. So without further ado, enjoy the fair! My hunter expert today is Sadisi767. Thanks for joining us today. Would you care to introduce yourself? Things like how long you've been playing, what draws you specifically to hunter, and uh, things like that. Uh, yeah. Hi, I'm uh, Sadisi. I'm a hunter guy. I've been playing Hearthstone since right before Whispers of Old Gods came out, and uh, just kind of been drawn to the class. I like playing an aggressive style, and uh, kind of hunter kind of gives that, and it has all kinds of fun, different archetypes to choose from. So I really wanted to kind of focus in on something and uh, seem like the perfect spot for me. Yeah, so starting in at the Old Gods and now having the return of the Old Gods, are you excited for that uh, in general? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pumped. I'm really excited. Going to go to a... That, yeah, yeah going to do a double Cthune in Wild or anything like that? Cthune maybe, Hunter? Maybe. I don't play a lot of Wild, <laughs> but, uh, but that does sound spicy. It sure does. All right. So if any of you were looking for some of his uh, street, cred, street cred, check this out. This is a, from one of his tweets earlier today that shows that he's got almost 10,000 wins with Hunter and all the way down to zero wins with Priest and only 50 with Warlock. So definitely is focused on on the Hunter um, and is a man of our, our all of our hearts. Right. Uh, with that <laughs> priest hate. <laughs> So this wouldn't be the happy Hearthstone if we didn't uh, find out what's making our, our guests happy and share some of that. So, Sadisi, what's been making you happy lately? Well, we get a lot of time with family uh, due to the pandemic, and so that has its ups and downs, but it's been overall very nice. And uh, also really excited about the new set. I've just been, I'm kind of a deck builder at heart, and I feel like uh, Dark Moon Fair is really bringing a lot of fun deck building ideas, more so than... Uh, than uh, Skolomance before, I think. So I'm really excited about it. Uh, nice. So let's dive into that a little bit deeper. I mean, I definitely kind of can feel the the family connections growing, sometimes, sometimes good, sometimes bad, right? But overall, it's always nice to have family around you. And when there's excitement for something new, like this great set that's really got the mind going, uh, what, uh, what are your impressions overall for Hunter in particular uh, for the Dark Moon Fair? Um, I think 
power level is pretty pretty strong. Um, a couple cards in particular are really good, and they kind of open up a new archetypes for us. So in the past, we've been kind of pigeonholed into Highlander decks and face decks, at least the last two expansions. Um, and you know, I'm kind of a off-meta guy, so off-meta in those situations is like a Highlander deck with five wacky cards in it, so it's not too crazy. So I'm excited that maybe we can play some duplicate decks that are different flavors uh, this, this expansion. Excellent. I, I think that, yeah, wackiness is off the charts on this one. So finding some things more memes or dreams uh, is going to be a lot of fun for a lot of classes. And Hunter, like you said, isn't isn't normally known for that. So I'm kind of excited to see what we what we get. Absolutely. With that, let's jump into this, the cards in particular. Uh, first off, we have uh, the Dark Moon Tonk. I think this is the first one that they revealed for the Hunter anyway. It's a rare 7-mana 8-5 mech minion with a death rattle fire 4 missiles at random enemies that deal 2 damage each. And there's achievements around this and, and everything, so it's going to be one I think people will use. Yeah, I love this card. I, um, I'm kind of renowned for being a Oblivitron guru on uh, on my stream uh-huh. and on trying to come up with wacky <laughs> Oblivitron ideas, and that car has been largely um, kind of set to the side for about a year now. So this car is fantastic with it. So when Oblivitron dies, you can play this. You get this card for free from your hand potentially, and it has act- Death Rattle activate, which is super sweet. Um, there's also another card we're going to see that synergizes with this. I think in general, it's probably more of like a, maybe more of a meme than a competitive card, but I'm really excited to build a bunch of decks with it. I think just kind of playing this on turn seven is kind of slow and clunky. So you're going to want to have a true aim crescent or an animated broomstick with it to really pop it off. Something to give it, uh, use on the first turn, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So speaking of cards that synergize, let's look at uh, Maxima Blastenheimer. She's a legendary 6-mana 4-4 with the battle cry, Summon a minion from your deck. It attacks the enemy hero, then dies. So this card is sweet. I've seen some comparisons to Barnes with this card. And uh, you, in Hunter, with a lot of Death Rattle synergy and... um, ways to bring back death roll cards um this this could be quite good uh so you can i'm really excited that we can build decks a bunch of different ways around this you can run a really small minion package to ensure you get something like tonk out and hit your opponent in the face with it and then have the mm-hmm. crazy death rattle go off um it uh synergizes with another card uh card starting with jewel that we're going to see in a little bit um, right. I, I've seen this theory crafted in a uh, Face Hunter deck with Deathwing and Octasari, and uh, oh, you could like turn six, deal twelve oh. damage to your opponent's face. Yeah, that's that's kind of nice. It kind of has that feel of the old um, the old Recruit Hunter decks. Uh, was that? That would have been um, after you started, right? Yeah, oh, Kathrena, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and it's directed to the face directly, so it's not something that you have to worry about um, 
taunts or things like that. So I definitely am looking forward to trying this. I'm kind of thinking it's maybe more meme because a six mana four four and having the big cards uh, uh, or having it pull the big cards and surviving to the point um, that it's useful um, is. A little scary, but I, I definitely like the flavor. And like you said, it adds some new new life into Hunter. Yeah, I think it opens up a lot of new deck building options for us. I think it is mm-hmm. more competitive, arguably, than Tonk is. I think you yeah. can make some crazy Taunt Hunter or something where you pull out a Scrapyard Colossus or a Cartoon Defender. Um, so I wouldn't mm-hmm. say I wouldn't completely discount this card. I think this could end up being in a competitive deck. Not positive, but it's, it certainly uh, has potential. We'll keep our eye out uh, uh, for it. And at the end, then we'll ask for uh, how we get in touch with you so we can see the things that you build around it and how competitive they are. <laughs> Uh, next up is an epic spell, uh, two mana, don't feed the animals. Give all beasts in your hand plus one plus one uh, with corrupt. Give them plus two plus two instead. So this is arguably the worst card that Hunter got. Um, <laughs> and it's an epic. That's great. Yeah, I mean, we already have, uh, so two quick things I'll say about this. We already have a lot of beast synergy and beast buff synergy in standard right. at the moment. So there's this argument that we have kind of a critical mass of this stuff, so maybe we can make something with this. I think this is one of the weaker cards that does the buffing because Hunter is kind of weak on card draw and um, we're probably not going to have a lot of beasts in our hand, a lot of beasts we want to run our spells. So this is kind of awkward. I am intrigued to try it in a, like a zoo beast deck with a lot of little beasts and Shanda Wildclaw. Mm-hmm. But even in that deck, it's kind of like a low-curve deck, and corrupting right. this card would be kind of difficult. So I don't know about this. I, I kind of agree. When I saw it, I was initially excited, uh, but like you said, you're when you're playing the cards that will take advantage of it then you're playing them early and ending up with an empty hand so uh having it having it boost a lot of cards is probably not going to happen but i'm interested to try it in a like a porcupine and a beast master deck like you said there's a lot of beasts that are spells so you can still get some synergy um by holding off the onslaught until you get those big car- bigger beasts uh, in hand uh, to boost and then run all face with um, with a beast master or um, with Maxina. So still out, but not super strong just because Hunter does have problems keeping the hand full and hand, hand buff hasn't been super strong in the past anyway. That's true. All it would take is like another master's call type beast draw spell. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would be more relevant. Good point. Yeah, if you can draw three beasts to your hand. Then though you're still a little too reliant on the beasts. I think there's still some other other things that um like you you would always still throw a couple other 
non-beasts in your deck with the master's call because you needed the utility i thought um there are some that ran full beast packages i guess but uh for the most part uh, i saw something with silence or something that helped with draw um and i think i think you'll still want some of that so taking the risk might not be worth it but something like that would definitely be um would definitely be helpful yeah, that's what you're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next up is Petting Zoo. It's a three-mana sp- uh, rare spell. Summon a 3-3 three, three Strider. Repeat for each secret you control. Brings back uh, memories of the Spellstone, right? Oh, yeah. And this is, I think most people agree this is the best card we got uh, for Hunter. Um, it's just hmm. super strong. Uh, it's kind of on... On curve, like if you play a secret on two and you play this on three, you get two three threes for three mana. Six six for three mana is pretty good. That's kind of like drawing your Wolpertinger with Scavenger's Ingenuity, mm-hmm. um, which is maybe like a fifty percent chance kind of deal in a uh, like a face hunter deck. And this, I feel like we can activate maybe even more consistently than that. And then with some of our other cards available. Um, that we haven't seen yet. I think we could reliably get three striders with this, maybe on turns four or five. Hmm. So it's it's super. I'm, I'm interested to play with it a little bit and see kind of how the curve works out. But this card is, is going to be really strong, I think. You know, I've seen a lot of people saying saying that. I get a little skeptical just because I'm always so quick to test for all the secrets that I possibly can, and this will be one that, I, that people will be trying to. Uh, trying to break the secrets for so um they're yeah. they'll you know trigger things that may be a little uh, less advantageous for them uh just to try to prevent this from getting too out of hand but so um, of the eight secrets we have four of them are pretty difficult to trigger for the opponent um hmm. snake trap pack tactics and pressure play i mean pressure play maybe you're probably like plays a minion and a spell but Snakes and pack tactics we can control to some degree, and then the new open the cages is also within our control. So you can kind of set this up in a way where you mm-hmm. guarantee the striders you want. Um, oh, okay. I also want to point out that this is nice in a deck with few minions, like a Maxima deck. So you can run mm. kind of like a Spell Hunter with a small minion package, or a Yog maybe. And, oh, okay. Uh, so this can this kind of carries us to a mid to late game plan so will you be trying to get it to uh at least three every time or uh what's the kind of target number of striders that you you think you want to trigger to make it worth it um i think two striders like if you get one secret up this thing is great um uh you know sometimes you'll get more value out of it um but you know, like a lot of it comes down to I guess and what you're trying to do. Like are you six six for board? three. Yeah. Yeah. Are you contesting board or are yeah. you the aggressor? You know, it's kind of like knowing your role in the matchup. And you know, if you're playing against a slow druid, you, would you rather have one fewer strider a turn earlier? You know, you have to think through those things. Sounds good. Yeah. All right, on to Rindling's rifle. It's a legendary weapon. Four mana, two, two. After your hero attacks, discover a secret and cast it. This kind of synergizes well with the last one. So, discover is always strong. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you can, if you play the rifle on four, 
and you swing, and then on five, you play another secret from hand and your zoom, you can easily have you know, three or four secrets up uh, with this rifle. It's super sweet. Um, you essentially pay in for the two secrets, and then you get this 2-2 weapon along with it, so you can clear a minion that might, you know, muck up your, hmm. your whatever plan you have with the secrets. It also... Good way of looking at it. Yeah, and the, and the discover options are based around what you already have equipped, similar to um, the old Keysmith front the mage had. So like, oh, if you're freezing okay. crap up, you don't get offered it in the discover pool, which is kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah, nice. And it casts straight away, so you don't have to pay for that. Like you said, it's all built into the cost, so it's basically just a 2-2 weapon um, for the cost of two turns of secrets. Yeah, I think we're probably going to have a Highlander Hunter deck with a lot of secret synergy, and this card really makes that deck a lot more consistent. Because you, Or really any secret deck, because you could run a smaller number of secrets in your deck. Um, with this card and the other, there's a, uh, a one drop we haven't seen yet. Um, so we kind of have potential to maybe build our secret package a different way with this. And this gives us flexibility to adapt to our opponent as well to discover. Yeah, I guess I hadn't even thought of that. I just think of a hunter as an aggro that doesn't really respond much, but that's a good point. With the discover, then you get a chance to respond, actually. And uh, if you need that freezing trap for their big minion uh, that will set them off, then you have that opportunity. It's a good point. Yeah, and the odds are relatively good, right? We only have eight choices, so. Right. And so you get three of three of them in the discover. So, um, and you can control it even more by having some out. So, you can get pretty specific. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so the jewel that you had uh, referred to before as uh, an epic spell, eight mana jewel of Nazoth, summon three friendly death minion or death rattle minions that died this game. Talk to us about it. Oh, I'm in love with this card, man. This is this thing is sweet. We're like Res Hunter now. Except we can play it a turn earlier than, than a Red <laughs> Priest can. Um, I don't know. It's kind and of you can kind of target the minions. Yeah, exactly. I think people have concerns because it does cost eight mana, and Hunter notoriously mm -hmm. is bad draw. And you know, by turn eight, we're kind of top decking. And so, how are you really going to use this? Um, I'm intrigued to try it in a lot of different decks. I think the most competitive deck might be something where you resurrect a lot of taunt minions maybe cartoon defenders or teacher's pets or maybe you get kind of wacky and you run maxima and scrapyard colossus um so there's a lot of ways to build a deck around this you could kind of do a mid-rangey deck you can do a small minion deck um we have carrion studies as well so you can kind of pick and choose you know off the discover pool what you want to put into this um i'm not sure it would be super aggressive right it's probably something where you're you're kind of stalling or maintaining in the early to mid game, and then you just kind of win the game with this card. Or maybe you grind out an aggro or mid range opponent with this. Mm -hmm. It seems like they've been pushing the last couple of sets for Hunter to have a Death Rattle deck. Uh, we haven't really seen one for a while now. So I'm kind of curious where the deck builders go with it. And it's one I know a lot of people are excited about. Um, but that eight mana does stand tall as a little bit scary. <laughs> I've lost hundreds of games testing Death Row Hunter over the last two weeks. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm hopeful that this will be one of the tools that kind of pushes us over, uh, over the hump. Uh, I do think 
there is a lot of potential um, with the right pool of death rattle minions for this to be really powerful. And a lot of it might just depend on the meta, but I, I don't mm-hmm. think this is going to be a winning card if you're resurrecting stuff that doesn't have initiative, right? You really want to resurrect something with Rush or with Taunt. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of games, if you resurrect Taunt, uh, like Tonk and Ursatron and uh, like a Savannah Jaime, you're just going to probably die. So you got to think carefully about right. your deck with this. So what are your top minions that you're going to want to get off of this? I think, honestly, it's probably going to be Cartoon Defender and maybe Teacher's Pet. Um, but I am okay. interested to try a heavier mech build with like Safeguard and the uh, there's a new Claw minion oh. a mech that came out. Yeah, um, yep. So with some of those I think tools, we'll get there, right? it's going to be really cool. I don't know if it'll you know be more than me, but I plan to find whatever semi-competitive <laughs> tier three deck comes out of this. There you go. All right. The mystery winner is a one mana, one, one common. It's battle cry is discover a secret. So this card, I had mixed feelings about it when I first saw it. Cause it's kind of, it's a one mana, one, one hunter has a lot of really good one drops right now. Sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. Now if you're running like a secret deck, you're maybe interested in secret keeper or intrepid initiate. So this card's kind of understated, but I think the fact that you, get to discover a secret is just super powerful. Uh, you, know, you lose a card and immediately get a card back in your hand. It gives you a turn to play. Um, you know, you mm. have one, so it's kind of, kind of nice there. And then with the discovery, you get to kind of adapt to what you think your opponents can do. Um, it, so it, yeah, does, does this restrict you? Uh, I haven't seen all the details yet. Does this restrict you to just hunter secrets, or can it give you secrets from other classes? Yeah, just hunter secrets. Just hunter. Yeah, I kind of like the trend towards uh, towards more um, more options, like we've been seeing in some other classes. But I guess it makes sense uh, that yeah, it would be restricted to in hunter. In general, the discover pool is class specific, unless there's neutral cards, and you get the neutral cards too. Oh, Unless okay. it's something like Wand Thief or tells you to discover a mage spell. But yeah. Right. So okay. I, I think this is going to be good. I'm not sure this goes in every Hunter deck, but it's certainly good in a Highlander deck and a Secret Synergy deck. Uh, but we'll kind of have to see. And it gives you that option late, even. Yeah. Yeah. The Dancing Cobra is a two mana one five beast uh, with corrupt gain poisonous. Seems like it'll be an easy one to corrupt, at least. Yeah, I think generally feedback on this one has been pretty negative. Um, I spent a lot of time this expansion making uh, buff beast decks, so like a stealth beast with Jungle Panther and Burrowing Scorpion. And you slap fresh scent mm-hmm. on there a couple times, and you houndmaster it, and you adorable infestation it. And then you get your Shando Wild Claw, and you copy it. And you have these two like eleven attack jungle panthers, and it's just ridiculous <laughs> to kill your opponent with it. So this card to me, it kind of has like a um, what's the uh, the frame bot, the, the one five mech. It's kind of got that mm-hmm. vibe to me. Um, it seems really good on turn two, just as a good body to put some buffs on. I'm not, part I'm not sure about is the corrupts, just because, you know, in like a buff beast deck, we kind of want to play for tempo. So I'm kind of curious to play mm-hmm. and see kind of how the corrupt works, but maybe 
know, maybe you have Troy and Crescent in your deck, and you, you know you have the you put this down with poisonous on it to, to kill a bigger threat. So this could be. I think this could see kind of niche play in like a buff beast deck, but probably not anywhere else. <laughs> Yeah, I was kind of seeing this one as maybe more one that you would just take in your duels bucket or uh, uh, on arena because it is a decent body out at uh, turn two. So, um, you know, there's there's still some value to it, but constructed, it's kind of hard to work. Um, there's yeah. too many too many good options. Like all the cards can't be incredibly good, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Open the Cages is a two-mana spell, secret, uh, common. Uh, when your turn starts, if you control two minions, summon an animal companion. And this isn't a targeted summon, right? This is still a random animal companion. Yes, but it's usually Huffer, right? Always Huffer. It's always Huffer. <laughs> and so this card, I think I like it on average more than most people. I think a lot of the more competitive players have pointed out that, you know, your opponent can kind of control his triggers because they can choose how many minions to leave on board sometimes. Um, maybe this kind of sits there and you spend two mana for, for nothing. Um, mm -hmm. I like personally that this gives us a little bit of diversity in our secret pool. So when you have snake trap and pack tactics up, your opponent might be motivated to trade into your minions. Um, or excuse me, they might be motivated to not trade into your minions to avoid activating those. Um, this card motivates your opponent to trade into your minions. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have this kind of conflict that you present your opponent with where they have to try to figure out what secret you have. And especially with the um, the mystery one drop and the Renling's rifle, you, know, you don't necessarily have to put this card in your deck, but your opponent still kind of has to play around it. So I think this just kind of makes the puzzle a little more complicated for, for people who navigate the secrets, which I really like. Yeah, which also then helps with the zoo, right? Exactly. So I did want to say with the zoo... You're going to trigger one or the other. Exactly. So with the zoo, you drop your zoo, you get two or three striders. If your opponent doesn't clear them all, this thing pops up the next turn and maybe you have a Leoc to buff all your striders. It's pretty cool. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Do you think it encourages uh, more stealth play? Um at all, just to ensure that you get them, you really have control. There's some beasts with stealth. Yeah, we need like a, a one drop beast that has stealth. Like we need Wolpertinger to have stealth or something. Or yeah, there you go. Good but yeah, certainly. <laughs> yeah, good um, point. It could be good. Have some sort of hybrid deck with secrets and, and beasts. Yeah. All right. The Trampling Rhino is a five mana, five, five rare beast uh, with Rush. After this attacks and kills a minion, excess damage hits the enemy hero. The magic trample. Exactly, exactly. It's kind of like the new version of Knuckles, right? We have Knuckles and Wild. Right. Hits the minion and goes face. Um, this is kind of more of an overkill effect. I think mm -hmm. this card is super interesting. I'm not entirely sure what the best fit is. Um, you know, we have Rush Synergy in Hunter, so that's really interesting. You can buff this thing and copy it and like do some crazy OTK with it if your opponent has minions for us to trade into. You can discount it with Scarlet Web Weaver. You know, there's a ton of stuff you can do, and a lot of it's kind of slow. Um, mm -hmm. But it certainly is an intriguing card. Um, I've already theorycrafted one deck with um, 
the new corrupt elephant in this card, and it seems like it might mm-hmm. be pretty good. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see where this lands, but it has potential. It's, it's a little... It might be a bit of a tough fit in a meta deck. I don't know if it's going to show up in a meta deck. Yeah, I... It- I see it as one that you would want to buff, and there's a lot of things that you want to buff uh, in um, in the Hunter Beast decks. Uh, so I'm not sure that it makes the cut for that. Uh, I'd kind of like it if it was lower health, higher attack, so that you were more likely to send more to the face and you could use it as a five-mana clear and uh, uh, hit. I feel like it would be really good in um, Battlegrounds, though, so... <laughs> Kind of hoping there's some cards that make the transition, and it's not all completely separate. Nice. Yeah, this comes in after scrap shot, so you know you can like set up an eight-eight rhino off your scrap shot, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. But yeah, in general, I agree. It's maybe it's more battlegrounds minion, but I'm certainly going to try some cool combos with it. I don't know if I'm going to win many games, but yeah. Hey, as long as you're willing to experiment, you'll find something. I have faith yeah. in you. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right, on to some neutrals that you thought were of what were notable for Hunter in particular. Uh, we have a common Circus Amalgam. It's a four mana, four five that has taunt and all minion types. Kind of looks like it's got that Murloc pirate dragon going for him. Yeah. So this card, I think everyone's kind of eyeing this to put in their Nazoth deck, which, you know, Hunter can run like mm-hmm. a. Some different Nazoth flavors. Maybe this is like a mid-rangey Nazoth deck where you kind of play your Menagerie and uh, this kind of fills in one of your slots where you're maybe you're not running a Murloc or a Pirate or a Totem or something. This comes back on mm-hmm. Nazoth in one of those categories. Um, I do think it's neat that Hunter has Ursatron and Scavenger's Ingenuity. So we have two tutoring tools to pull this out of our deck. Not to mention all mm-hmm. the buffs that we have for Beasts. So this thing, there's a lot of potential there that I'm not quite sure how it lines up yet, but I'm intrigued to play with this. It's such a good well, stat line for the cost, you know? Yeah, and well, worst case, it'll be used to get the new achievement that you have to resurrect six different minions with the, and the Nazoth. So uh, nice. everybody will have to run it just for that because you can't you can't get it really any other way, right? Yeah, I think that's um, yeah, yeah. I'm an achievement hunter. I'm sure that I'll mm-hmm. give that a go. You had mentioned this one before, the Fleet Hoof, the Fleet Hoof Pearl Tusk. It's a common beast minion, uh, five mana, four four with rush and corrupt to gain plus four plus four. So, when I first saw this, I was kind of iffy on it, but the more I thought about it, Scarlet Webweaver comes down on turn six and corrupts this card and potentially discounts it to zero mana. So on turn six, you play your Web Weaver, and you drop your 8-8 Pearl Tusk. It's a pretty sweet combo. We can pull inside of our deck with Diving Griffin and Scarlet Ingenuity. Yeah, so Hmm? I don't think we're going to see a Yasharge Hunter. Corrupt cards aren't really good enough for that, but maybe this Mm -hmm. combo, maybe there's some combo with the Web Weaver that's pretty cool that we can pull off, where it's like a Lerox inclusion, maybe. Yeah, you you don't really, or I haven't really thought of the Web Weaver all that much, uh, just because I don't think of Hunter as having that mana reduction. But that's that's definitely something worth experimenting with now. Um, 
there's some good stuff with especially in corrupt uh that will be worth playing i like it i was kind of wondering why you would have chosen this one though as a for hunter seems like uh there's there's maybe more for um a rush deck and warrior or something so kind of like hearing your thoughts on on yeah cost reduction and just exploding on a turn yeah, I wish we could do more of a classic Rush Hunter. Like when we had Spring Paw, we could do Clear the mm-hmm. Way and activate the side quests on like turn three. And that was super strong, I thought. Um, but now it's kind of more like a, a specialty package you put in your deck, right? You've got that Griffin in there and have some Rush minions you really want to tutor out. So I think this might kind of fill that, that role, maybe. We shall see. Yeah. The Showstopper is a common two mana three two with a death rattle silence all minions. So that's an interesting one to include, but I guess most of what you're you're doing is uh rushing here, um which basically doesn't get affected by the silence because you use it once. But yeah. why is this one so good? So I'm not necessarily saying this is gonna be a hunter card, but I think uh-huh. this kind of offers a unique ability to Hunter. And we have some mm-hmm. Death Rattle synergy. So, you know, if you have True and Crescent or Animated Broomstick up, you can, you know, silence one of those pesky Res Priest boards uh, and go face. <laughs> so, you know, it's, there's some intriguing possibilities here depending on the meta. Uh, the Knife Vendor is a common four mana 3 4 with the Battle Cry deal four damage to each hero. Just adds to the aggro. Yeah, yeah. I think this this might be a face hunter inclusion. Four mana it might be too expensive, but um, you know, four damage is four damage. So I don't know. This might this might see play uh, in an aggressive hunter deck. I'm not counting it out. That's fair. I, I, I again see it more as for other classes like priest, uh, kind of using the um, the. I'm drawing a blank now on the the guy that's ruining wild right now uh, that does four damage when you use the hero power. Oh yeah, um, I know you're talking so about. So I kind I'm kind of seeing I'm kind of <laughs> seeing that uh, having flashbacks I guess uh, to to that with the knife vendor. <laughs> yeah. I don't know exactly how it's going to be included, but maybe it's, it might be a face. Yeah, yeah, it could be a finisher. You know, there's always value to getting over the top uh, of taunts and, um, and and the secrets and things like that. So I, I wouldn't rule it out either. After four man is a little heavy for four for three four, but yeah. You have your pulled out. Oh, that's true. Mixed with dragon bane, yeah, could be. Yeah. Could be useful. Uh, the Derailed Coaster is a rare 5-mana 3-2 uh, with a battle cry, summon a 1-1 one, one rider with Rush for each minion in your hand. So this one's kind of a fun, but maybe borderline quest hunter inclusion. I think, in general, hunters not going to have mm-hmm. a ton of minions in their hand. Like, maybe if we still had a lot right. of standard, this would be crazy, but... Oh, man. Yeah. It's a wild card, then. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to make the cut, but it's uh, certainly interesting to think about. And if you're doing buff hand buffs, it might be something worth uh, keeping your eye on too. That you know, as you uh, are holding more cards to try to have a big turn, maybe this is something that uh, can 
can buy you that time, uh, especially since they have rush, it might help clear something and then or clear the way for a more fragile minion. So five mana though for a three two is is a lot to ask. Yeah, <laughs> uh, especially if you're not guaranteed to get something good out of it. Uh, the parade leader then is a common. Two mana, two, three. After you summon a rush minion, give it plus two attack. Guessing this was the combo with the last card. Yeah, this is another fringe inclusion for Quest Hunter. You know, on turn eight, you can play this with Swarm of Locusts and you know, generate a whole bunch of extra attack, which is pretty sweet. I don't know if that's something we yeah. want necessarily, but it uh, it's intriguing. It can be used with a couple of the other ones that we we saw earlier, the elephants and um, the yeah. rhino, right? Kind of, so. you know, I don't know how long this is going to stay alive, right? But you, know, you can, right. if you manage to keep it on board, you can you know, get some incremental value off of it. And it's cheap enough that you can play it on the same turn as uh, your other rush minions to, you know, give it some kind of a boost. And actually... I didn't think about it with Desert Spear, but it's, it's quite good with Desert Spear, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good point. And Desert Spear is still in standard. Uh, Inconspicuous Rider is a three-mana 2-2 two, two common uh, with a battle cry, cast a secret from your deck. Which seems pretty good for, you know, basically one mana for a secret. Yes, other than the old gods which I don't know if we have time to talk about, but this might be the best neutral card for Hunter from this set. I think it's just ridiculously good in the secret Hunter deck. We had we had Phase Stalker, and we've had in past Mass Contender. And this card is arguably better than both because there's no condition on it, its ability activating. Like Phase Stalker, you still have to hit the hero power button and... Mass Contender, right. you had to have a secret up when you played it to get the secret out of your deck. So this thing just activates any time. And uh, it kind of, the secret you get kind of defends it to some degree too. So this mm-hmm. is going to be pretty much in every, any like dedicated secret hunter deck, you'll see this card. I I would agree. That seems it seems really ridiculous, actually, with a a two two uh, with a secret for one more than the secret just by itself. Granted, you don't get to pick the secret, so that makes it a little bit tougher. But you know, we found we found that most of the time in Hunter, you're happier if you're not casting it anyway. So, um, yep, indeed. And the Claw Machine. You had referenced this one before. I really like this one because I keep that Murloc shelf and having the Claw activate the Murloc shelf and put the Murlocs on there just seems great. So when I see this, I think of myself. Uh, It's a common uh, six mana, six three mech with Rush and Death Rattle. Draw a minion and give it plus three, plus three. I love this card too. I think it's super cool. I don't know if it's going to be viable, but the effect is pretty strong. It's the fact that it's six mana is kind of a bummer. Like if this is five mana. It might be like actually pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. I do have a theory craft with a, like a medium sized mech package with this card. So like in theory, if you, you pull this out, uh, maybe you, you get this off your Oblivatron, maybe your Maxima shoots this out of your deck 
and your death rattle gives you like a safeguard. So you've got this five mana, uh, seven, eight safeguard in your hand. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, so pretty I'm cool. foreseeing all kinds of nutty combos of this. I'm wondering if it's going to be too slow and playing a six mana card that like often dies and doesn't get to, you are probably not going to value trade with this thing very often. So I don't know. I'm definitely excited to try it. I mean, it replaces itself, and it it's kind of like the untargetable dragon for the same cost with Rush. Um, you know, that granted it had Divine Shield, so it survives an extra turn, but maybe having that plus three, plus three get added to uh, the Rhino, for instance, would be a good... Um, yeah, and it does buff any minion, right? It's not just a yeah. particular minion type, so we could do something wacky with this. Um, I'm not thinking of yet. Get a crazy huge king crush or something. Uh, there you go. <laughs> and that's all that we had on the list. But it sounds like you wanted to also talk about the uh, the old gods. So which ones do you think will be used in Hunter? Well, I think Yashar's probably is a no based on the corrupt cards we got. We're not trying mm-hmm. to bring back that Cobra, really. Um, <laughs> I think Yogg plays really nicely with uh, all of our secret synergy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we may see some secret decks with Yogg, and I think Spell Hunter is a good way to activate Maxima with a small minion package. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested in Cthulhu as well because you get all those extra spells with Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. So you know you could have Yogg and Cthulhu in the same deck. Oh, I like it. I like the way you think. So, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It might be too slow. You know, I've got to see how the meta goes, but. Um, I think both those will be very strong. I think Nazoth will be pretty good, but I kind of need to play with the Menagerie a little more and see what you know, what we really want. Maybe Nazoth is like a Highlander card. Uh, hmm. So maybe. Interesting. Well, I'm looking forward to see what you come up with. So, uh, I well, thank you so much for doing this with me, Sadisi. If you can share how people can find you, uh, then we'll make sure to get that in the show notes as well um, to see all of your theorycraft decks and um, ask questions about how things are going once uh, the set releases. Yeah, awesome. I appreciate you having me on. I. Um... I try to be the hunter resource on Twitter. So if you follow me on Twitter, my handle is Sadisi767. And I have the same name on Twitch. And I do hunter-only content. It's kind of like a little hunter TV show twice a week on Wednesday and Sunday nights. So um, I always post about it on Twitter. So if you want the the latest update on what's on the show, uh, you can check it out there. Sounds good. Well, any final thoughts before I let you go? Uh, well, I'm super glad that uh, you are taking over Happy Hearthstone, and uh, I have a lot of respect for you guys. So I'm, uh, I really appreciate you having me on. It's been an honor, and uh, hopefully, we can do this again. Uh, hopefully, thank you so much. It has been an honor. The honor is all mine. <laughs> Thanks, to DC. All the best. <laughs> All right, my mage expert is one of the foremost authorities on mage, Brian O'Brien. Welcome to the show. Would you care to introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Brian O'Brien. Uh, that's what I go by. I stream on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Brian O'Brien. I am Guy Grumpy's mage expert for this review. 
and yeah, Mage is my favorite class. <laughs> How long have you been playing? I've been playing since around 2015. Uh, early 2015. Um, recently started getting into streaming about a year ago, and then now I'm a part of ATK mode or attack mode, um, the team, the esports nice. team. So what's drawn you to Mage as a class, as your favorite? I just, I feel like a wizard when I'm playing Mage, you know, just casting spells left and right. I guess I like the idea of um, the, the the foundation of Mage is very reminiscent of um, some of the things I saw in Yu-Gi-Oh! back when I uh, mm-hmm. competed in that. Because uh, you have secrets, which are kind of like trap cards. Um, and... Yeah, a lot of the foundation kind of stuck to me. Um, also, the other thing was uh, watching other people, like, for example, APX Void, who is another amazing mage player. So that kind of stuck to me uh, as a class. Like, I like its style. Um, I like the foundation of it. Um, just something that kind of just drew to me. That makes sense. And you're really good at it. I've really enjoyed uh, what you've done with it and learned a lot from your guides and uh, things that you write on Reddit. So that's why you were the first person that came to mind when I was looking for a mage expert. Uh, So this wouldn't be the happy Hearthstone without uh, asking you to share some of the happiness that you've been finding lately. So what has been making you happy, Brian? The hype for the expansion, basically. I mean, it's right around the corner. It's coming earlier than... um anticipated usually it comes around december but it's actually coming uh like two weeks earlier um so that's pretty exciting and that's what i'm most excited about trying all the new cards like the uh whole system revamp happened uh yeah this past thursday which was quite the shake-up actually there's a lot of changes that i didn't even sort through yet are you gonna be achievement chaser uh (laughs) trying to get all of the achievements um, it depends on how hard they are. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them look pretty challenging, at least in the other modes, like uh, winning 12 games without a loss uh, in duels with all 12 or with all 10 characters, stuff like that. I don't think that's within my skill set. <laughs> oh, yeah. Eh. It, it, anything can happen. It's Hearthstone. Yeah, fair enough. Well, with that, we brought you on to talk about Mage, so let's jump right in. Uh, first up, we have a, a spell, a rare spell uh, for four mana. It's called Ring Toss. You discover a secret and cast it uh, with a corrupt effect of Discover 2 instead. Um, I think this card is good. It's just that I don't see it being like what it'll be good for it'll be good for in a uh, kind of reno slash controlish mage archetype which i'm not sure if it'll be good this statics this expansion cycle mm-hmm. um but the the corrupt effect is solid um just getting two secrets for four mana is insane um if you just get for one mana it's just a, a worse arcane keysmith right um with nobody and more expensive than just a regular secret, but you get to pick the secret. Just uh, compared to some of the things that Hunter got, it maybe maybe seems a little weaker at four mana, right? Yeah, but the thing is, the secrets for Mage are valued at three mana, and right, right. 
you rather not run them <laughs> the mage secrets usually you kind of rather discover them and mm -hmm. the the standard pool for mage secrets is pretty tight so you are pretty like likely to discover flame ward if you want removal or um yeah. say uh netherwind portal if you want to develop mm -hmm. ward and mm -hmm. stuff like that um okay. but yeah i i'm not this card is solid like if it if control mage becomes a thing at some point um while this isn't standard uh this will see play okay uh the occult conjurer then is an epic four mana four four minion with a battle cry if you control a secret summon a copy of this um this card <laughs> it's gonna <laughs> i feel like this card might break wild <laughs> right <laughs> Um, but in standard, I'm not sure Secret Rage will be a thing. That's my honest opinion really? about Secret Rage because it just it's lacking a few, just like a couple of things. Like for one, it's lacking something like explosive runes, mm -hmm. um, which was a very it was the perfect like aggressive secret for for um Secret Mage basically. Right, and also it's Secret Mage is also lacking right now, at least in standard secrets that are hard to proc. I mean, we have the new secret, which we'll talk about later, the the Rick Fair game. Mm -hmm. But um, aside from that one, like all the secrets right now are a bit easy to proc. Like you don't have yeah. something like Ice Block or Duplicate, like in Wild, which would mm -hmm. probably stick. So like getting this on four is a bit tough. Like the best way would probably be to get a zero mana secret from Ancient Mysteries and then wait until turn four. But then that's kind of slow. So I'm not mm -hmm. sure. I'm not sure if Seeker Mage will be a thing, but if there's more, if there's better Seeker Mage support in the future, this card will be bumped up. Like from the rating I gave it was a two out of five, it'll be bumped up to like a five if there's more support in the future. It makes sense. I guess when I saw it, I first thought of uh, of wild and that it's just going to be pretty crazy uh, with the, the secret mage already being strong and then getting even extra big minion support um <laughs> for it i'm not sure what you take out in that uh in the wild secret mage uh, package for it but uh, i'm sure it'll be experimented with quite a bit yeah i mean this gives i mean in wild i imagine secret mage is gonna be pretty strong <laughs> Yeah, well, it already is, and it's just getting more support here, it seems. So, yeah. Uh, so, let's talk about the rigged fair game. It's a three mana epic secret um, that if you didn't take any damage during your opponent's turn, draw three cards. Um, this one, I find not, I don't think this is the type of secret mage would have wanted because um, it's pretty polarizing first of all and also it's more card draw which we don't really need there's plenty of um, yeah yeah it's polarizing in a sense where if you're against an aggro deck um the secret never procs mm -hmm. which allows you to play the four drop unless right. your opponent plays around this exact secret but um and then against control decks, this card would probably always proc. So you always draw three cards in, in the control matchup. So it's, it's very polarizing in that, that aspect. Mm -hmm. um, but once again, I don't like this is not really the secret like Mage would want. Right. 
it maybe is a little bit easier to control when it goes off, but um, because there's so much other draw uh, and you're oftentimes more reacting or generating cards that maybe that maybe it's better to find discover effects or uh, other ways that you can just draw different cards that were, that didn't start in your deck um, instead of this. I, I tend to agree at three mana. It's kind of a, pace killer um and you don't get the immediate effect so um i can i can definitely see it being not as well used yeah i mean you you definitely don't want to play this by itself you want to combine it with like right. either kieran tour mage or the uh the other uh the two mana two three mm-hmm. that was uh revealed as well <laughs> All right. Uh, Sage, Seer of Dark Moon, is a legendary six mana five five with a battle cry, draw one card, upgraded for each friendly secret that's been triggered this game. Gonna guess that it has the same problems as the last one that a six mana for five five and um, draw aren't really the things that Mage was needing right now. Yeah. I mean, this card is like all the Seer Mage support. It's like not going to be good if Seeker Mage does, is not going to be a thing, but just mm-hmm. like with the right support cards, it, it could be really strong. Like, for example, this Legendary is like really powerful. <laughs> um, right. It could maybe replace Alanath, maybe not in Wilds because there's just so much draw right. with this. Like, this is um, arguably better than Alanath, even though Alanath is draws your whole deck eventually yeah but then it keeps drawing it whereas this uh, stops that and you probably don't need um you probably don't need the constant support from alaneth so i kind of like it in in wild for for that replacement just because you get a body as well uh but yeah i i don't know it's still I wasn't running Alaneth in my Secret Mage anymore anyway, just because there's enough other things for being more aggro with it. Uh, It'll be interesting to see if it does get C-play. Yeah, I mean, this would fit into a more, um, I guess, non-traditional type of Secret Mage, like if we're talking about wilds. Because Alaneth, by the time you play Alaneth, you just focus on burning down your opponent. Like Mm -hmm. if you were to run Sage, you'd probably be more board oriented like if you were to run the, the cult conjure as well mm-hmm. um, but yeah whether this is better than Alanath uh, not too sure we shall see time will tell all right the deck of lunacy is a legendary spell for two mana transform spells in your deck into ones that cost three more they keep their original cost Okay, uh, <laughs> I know this card got talked about a ton everywhere. Yeah, when I was when I was browsing like Twitter and Reddit, um, this card was really hard to evaluate. Like, just because there's so much variance, right. like. <sighs> Well, first, that oh. it can discover, it can p- transform into spells that aren't mage spells, right? It's uh, random from all classes, correct? Yep, any class. So you, there's really a mixed bag of things that you can get. It could just change, change your um, spells into something completely useless. <laughs> yeah, drawing beasts or things like that. Yeah, I mean, with this with this card, 
it's some the question the question you just have to ask yourself and we'll figure out when we get to play it because that's the best way to find out is um whether if the variance matters too much or not um because i was looking through the pool of spells and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of decent spells like in the four mana slot and onwards um but there's a lot of bad ones too like um blade flurry <laughs> i don't think mage wants blade flurry or something like that right yeah but um this this card is either gonna be um like a one one out of five or it's just gonna be broken and i hope it's not broken i hope it sticks to its one status because i, I kind uh, of I, feel like going three mana more expensive you're more likely to get something good i'm kind of buying into the hype i guess i'm i'm saying that it seems like you're going to end up with some really great stuff like uh uh i don't know flame ward or, or a, a flame strike into uh yog box and stuff like that that are going to be meme worthy uh show up on all the the top plays uh compilations and things like that um all because of this crazy inexpensive card yeah i mean this card is very i mean the first thing that came to mind when i saw this was um renounced darkness the warlock card the two mana oh, mm-hmm. one yeah 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 and that wasn't very good and i'm hoping this card is also in that realm but um mm. I, uh, the thing is with these types of cards is that uh they're there if they if there's like a deck that fits for it like if somebody builds the right deck around it then this card might not like this card won't be a joke but my hope is that um this card will stay meme status and it'll be only something you would discover off of like magic trick or get off of a, a mana cyclone or something oh uh, yeah hmm yeah, it'll be interesting. I was thinking, you know, small spell mage has a bunch of small things that, that they use in their hand uh, that maybe aren't as useful later in the game. This can really change the power level of the entire deck and uh, keep it at pretty low costs to uh, disrupt boards and do that final bit of burn. So I'm I'm curious to see where it goes. I, I'm, I actually am glad that you have a different opinion on it so I can trust your expertise and we'll, we'll see... Uh, Brian versus the Reddit, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this this is a good tool for Bomb Warrior. I mean, it helps with that oh, matchup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, my hope is that it stays in its meme status and it's only mm-hmm. something you would want to get randomly or generated. But, um, I don't know, this is, this is really hard to evaluate. Like, if it... If it if there's a deck for it and somebody makes it like for example turtle mage remember how like yeah. we thought potion of illusion was fine and but yep. somebody found a way to break it with like the turtles and stuff the tortolans yeah it's, this is the this exact same scenario with this card like if somebody finds a way to break the game with this this is going to be nutty but hopefully it just stays in its meme status and it's too unreliable with its variants <laughs> So we won't be seeing Brian O'Brien decks uh, trying to break it uh, initially, at least. Uh, well, I mean, I'm going to be trying this out day one in the day <laughs> oh, okay. one meta. Like I'm crafting right. this gold in just for the fun. Oh, nice. Yeah, it it'll probably look great in golden too with those candles uh, flickering and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have fun with this one because this is gonna hopefully this is gonna be a fun card only and not just something I'll see in competitive. <laughs> Excellent. 
Uh, next up, we have Grand Finale, a rare eight mana spell. Summon an eight eight elemental. Repeat for each elemental you played last turn. Um, I find this card to be too slow. It's not exactly what Mage wants in the late game. Um, it's strong value. Like in Arena, this card would be very powerful. Like if you just get one extra elemental, that's sixteen sixteen in stats. Hmm. Um, which is super good in Arena, but in uh, Constructed Play, I don't see this card being ran. Um, just because it's it costs 8 mana, and it doesn't, it's not really what Mage really wants. Like, unless they're against a control deck, then this is okay, but like against aggressive decks, this is a dead card. Um, like, it doesn't, right. like, the elementals don't have taunt, so like, people mm, like mm -hmm. your opponent can just ignore it so uh it's something you'd rather have randomly generated i think like maybe it'll be a one of in like an elemental mage but i'm not sure it just seems too slow like yeah i i agree yeah. it feels slow and if you play it to great effect then you're gonna have a bunch of elementals that you have to clear for the board space to really take advantage of it so um <laughs> it's not even a win more card it's kind of a uh hey you trade all your elementals in to clear their board and then catch up a bit so way too slow in my mind but i'm sure someone will find a way to to get it to yeah. work Oh yeah, and one more, actually one thing I do want to note. Um, I was actually watching some of the, uh, what do you call those? Those uh, theory crafting, theory crafting streams when they were like when streamers had early access and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I was watching Patra, uh, who's also an awesome streamer. Right, right. <laughs> Check her out. Um, so she was trying out an elemental mage that I made like to test out on her stream. And uh, she ended up going against Theo with a priest, and she got the grand finale and got three big eight eights against a priest, which I thought was amazing. Right. And then uh, Theo played Yogg, and Yogg rolled into the uh, the the one that uh, steals three minions and uh, just stole three. Oh eight yeah, eights, yeah, so. I saw that. I saw that one. That was really bad luck. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh man, like oh, she Why? had that one. If the Yogg didn't screw her over, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's like. Also, yeah, I consider that as like the new cards being added. They kind of, uh, they kind of like have good answers to this. Like Yogg itself can deal with this pretty easily. Like with most of its effects, I think. We'll get there. <laughs> the Confection Cyclone then is uh, kind of a support card for that last card. It's a two mana three two elemental minion with a battle cry: Add two one two sugar elementals to your hand. Um, I think this is the best card they printed for Mage this expansion. Mm -hmm. um, it gives you reason to put the elemental ally side quests into the deck instead of randomly generating it. Ah, makes sense. Um, it's very, 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 very reminiscent of Firefly from Journey to Angoro. If you remember that card, the one that I went to. Better in pretty much every way. <laughs> you get yeah, two of better, them, the so 3-2. Yep. yep. Though the only downside is that I wish this was a 2-3 instead of a 3-2. But yeah. then I think if it was a 2-3, it would be broken. But um, it being a 3-2, I think, is, uh, I guess, what Blizzard settled on. Because I feel like if this was a 2-mana two 2-3, two it would just be too good against ag aggressive decks. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, this card is really good because the 1-2s discount Mana Giant. 
Um, they put oh, yeah. a body on the board, which helps against aggro. Um, it's side quest synergy. Like it just helps with uh, it helps with the current cyclone mage archetype, and it helps with like the possible elemental mage. And it looks so sweet with the cherry on top. So. Yes, it's a very sweet card. <laughs> yes, very sweet. <laughs> uh, next up is the Game Master, a two mana two three common. Uh, that the first secret you play each turn costs one. Um, this card is interesting because um, technically, if you play it in the same turn, the secret. You're technically just playing a 2-3 and then a secret. Right. That'll just be three mana still. That's the same mm-hmm. as playing the secret by itself. But um, it's interesting. Like Once again, I don't know if secret mage will be a thing in standard. Um, and I don't, I don't know that it's good enough in wild to replace some of the ones that give you the free um, the secrets. Yeah, I don't see it longer. So, yeah, I don't see it being a thing in wild just simply because the two mana slot. There's, it's pretty clogged. Like you have mad scientists, you have um, Medivh Valet, you have Arcanologists. Yeah. And in arena, this is just a river crocolis. <laughs> right. You don't want to really draft secrets in the arena. They're right. pretty awful to draft. Yeah, you can still but, uh, discover some or um or just get them randomly, but not worth running <laughs> the river yeah. crocolis most likely. Yeah, I mean, but if if that card does see uh like if Seer Mage does get a tiny bit more support, like it just needs a couple of more things to help with it. Because mm-hmm. the problem with it, once again, is it's not. It doesn't have like a tempo-oriented secret. It doesn't have a secret that's like really tough to proc, like Ice Block or Duplicate. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can't really set up your turns with Seeker Mage with the Occult Conjurer because your secrets are probably gonna proc, but you don't know. Mm-hmm. Depends on how your opponent plays it. So uh, this card could be really good like with the entire secret image package like it just needs a tiny bit more support to like push it over the edge so maybe that 35 card expansion will give you that extra uh extra oomph that you need yeah uh next up another elemental a five mana three five elemental common uh the firework elemental battle cry deal three damage to a minion corrupt deal 12 instead um, I think this card is good. I mean, it's solid arena card. Like it's probably right. like a five for arena. Unconstructed right. though, the the problem is that it's a five mana card, which clogs up the five mana slot. Mm-hmm. And you already have a lot of good ones in there. You have Jandis, you have Roz, so you don't really want to run this over those two. Mm-hmm. So I'm not and- sure about this card. And a 3-5 five for 5 mana isn't good enough. You know, With uh, for one more mana, you can have a 6-5 in Shaman, you know, that has a similar effect. Granted, you don't get the corrupt uh, ability, but uh, in what we've been seeing lately, there's not that much uh, need to hit a minion for 12 damage. Um, so I think more often you're probably not going to be waiting till the corrupt anyway. Yeah, I mean, if this could go face, this would be a completely different story. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, and the other problem you run into with this card is that it has to target a minion. So if your opponent doesn't have any, you have to target your own. Oh, right. (laughs) Because it says a minion, not 
an enemy minion. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which, so. until there's more support for Enrage Mage. Um, but maybe we should petition for that. Enrage Mage sounds cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe there'll be like an Egg Mage <laughs> with eggs. Uh, did I hit this one twice? Grand finale? Um, I think I did. I, yeah, yeah, we already went through that one. All right. So now we are on to the neutral cards. Yogg-Saron, Master of Fate. Um, Battlecry. If you've cast 10 spells this game, spin the wheel of Yogg-Saron. It's a 10-mana, 7-5 legendary. The options that you have on the wheel of Yogg-Saron are varied. There's uh, six options. The Curse of Flesh. Uh, fill the board with random minions, then give yours Rush. Um, all of the, these are zero mana. They just happen when you spin the wheel. Uh, Devouring Hunger. Destroy all other minions and gain their attack and health. Uh, the Hand of Fate. Fill your hand with random spells. They cost zero this turn. The Mind Flayer Goggles. Take control of three enemy minions. That's the one that Brian was talking about that had uh, quite a powerful effect against them uh, the mystery box cast a random spell for every spell you've cast this game basically turning into a regular yog and the rod of roasting casting pyroblast randomly until a player dies which has the lowest percent chance of happening but the most percent chance of being fun right yeah five percent chance um i think this card is this card fits right into mage <laughs> because it fits because you easily get the uh, 10 card requirement of because you have to cast 10 spells which is right. easily done in mage like we have so many spells because especially with twin spells so you fit that requirement easily um and all the effects are powerful like they can all like win you the game like stealing three minions that can win you the game the box can win you the game the hand of fates the rod roasting uh filling the board random minions is probably maybe the worst one depending on what the minions are and then there's devouring hunger which is a board clear so they're pretty much all positive effects like even the the one that fills min fills fills the board with minions is still good because yours have rush right um, the rod of roasting obviously is the the dangerous one, especially if you're behind. Then you can you can kill yourself with it uh, as it hits you in the face. That's happened in the dungeon run before for me, so I'm a little wary of that one. But I'm also excited by it for the memes. Yes, definitely for the memes. Though I am worried. I just hope it's not going to decide like tournaments. <laughs> In any right. way, like if, if that becomes a thing, then we're in trouble. But uh, uh, hopefully, it sticks to its like meme status. It would be, <laughs> that said, it would be okay if it if it won one tournament, but just not regularly, right? So <laughs> yeah, I mean, At if it won worlds, it's not going to happen that often. <laughs> if it ended up winning worlds, oh my god, I, I don't know what people would be. Uh, quite vocal about that if it if that decided worlds <laughs> right well i hope that it decides worlds in your favor how about that <laughs> okay. and then last i think we have uh, the inconspicuous rider it's a neutral uh three mana two two uh common with a battle cry cast a secret from your deck um this card is like kind of like a mad scientist 2.0 it comes out a turn later. 
but it it has a similar effect. It casts a seeker from your deck. It just does um, as a battle cry instead of a death rattle, so you guarantee yeah. to get it that turn. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, it's because it's three mana. It reminds me of the uh, I forget the name, the three mana two four from Rossicons, the one that brought a secret as well. If you controlled one, oh yeah, if you control one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, this is an easier requirement to fulfill. You just need a secret in your deck. Um, right. This yeah, this would fit into standard secret mage. I think I don't think there's a space for it in wilds. I could be wrong, as with like all card reviews, but. Um, right. Well, I, but, I feel like in wild, then you're a little bit more intentional about what, what, uh, when you cast your secrets that you, I mean, I guess because you still do run the, um, the death rattle, then there's some randomness there, but in mage, it doesn't feel like as, uh, it doesn't feel like you want the, um, the random thinning of the deck like you do in hunter, uh, for the most part, but, hmm. You yeah, this is yeah, yeah. This is a lot stronger in Hunter because um, Hunter secrets. I think if you were to rank them, I think they were to be the best. Yeah, oh, like yeah, for for their costs, for their mana costs, like Hunter secrets. I think have the best bang for your buck, for lack for lack of a better word. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is okay in Mage. Um, like for standard seeker Mage. When it, if it becomes a thing, I could see this being ran. Yeah, and because there's so much support for it in this set, then um, it makes sense to give it an honorable mention that, hey, if somebody makes this a thing, it's going to be used, so get used to it, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, so with that, care to give us just an overview of what you see as the, the class? You think there's going to be anything new uh, discovered for mage new archetypes or more just support for existing ones uh, any major changes to how it's used in the meta um i'm not sure because i feel like blizzard's kind of been all over the place with the direction they want to take mage like right. one expansion they try to do this no minion archetype which they didn't put any more support into right. and then another expansion they just like or this expansion now they just like throw a bunch of elementals at us and secrets so uh, it's kind of hard to say like i feel like it's kind of like existing archetypes would be improved like cyclone mage but whether or not reno mage highlander mage will make a return or there'll be a new elemental mage or a secret mage i don't i'm not i'm not too optimistic about but I hope there's something new. And then there's Deck of Lunacy, which uh, hopefully doesn't break the game. But <laughs> um, but that could be a new deck archetype. The Lunacy Mage. Interesting. Yes. Lunacy Mage. Perfect. Well, hey, I really do appreciate you taking the time to meet with us today. Will you uh, let us know how we can get in touch with you and where we can find you if we want to go and say, hey, you were wrong or hey, wow, you were so right. <laughs> and find um, your deck codes and things like that. Yeah, okay. So, first of all, you can uh, catch me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Brian O'Brien. That's uh, B-R-I-A-N-O-B-R-Y-A-N. You can also find me on Twitter um, if you just search that exactly, Brian O'Brien. Or you you can just search my name, Brian Mayashiro, um, on Twitter, and that's how you'll find me. 
perfect. And I'll get those updated in the show notes so you can link directly to him. And you are also known for doing a couple of deck guides on Reddit. Is, is it the same name there? Uh, yes, but uh, okay, it's, it's going to get confusing because for some reason, my Twitch username is not is taken on Reddit. So I had oh. to change it to t- just regular like Brian's with a Y or an I, I mean, so... It's a bit confusing there, but uh, yeah, I do. I have written two, or I've written Reddit articles like guides about like certain things like mage and um, other topics. Uh, for example, my last one was about thinking ahead. Excellent. I'll make sure that we get that updated correctly in the show notes so that they can find you. I found that the guides for uh, decks that you've built in particular have been extremely helpful. And then the common mistakes that people make uh, was a really great one that changed the way I approach the game. So thank you so much for all that you do, Brian. Any final words? Um, I just want to say thank you for having me. Uh, it's a uh, pleasure to be the uh, mage expert. <laughs> the honor is all mine. Thank you so much. Yeah. Welcome to the show, buddy. It's been a while, but I'm glad to see you back. Thanks for having me, guy. I'm honored. Well, would you care to introduce yourself? Things like how long you've been playing, why you're drawn to priests and hate people, and all any Hearthstone accomplishments that you want to share? I love people. They just need to like priests more. Uh, okay. Uh, but I've been playing for just after beta, about four years now, four years, five years. And uh, priest, I actually didn't plan on it. I actually thought I would be playing a lot of Warlock at first, Mm -hmm. and it just didn't go that well for me. And I just actually really like control matchups more than anything. It's unfortunate that I have 20 minutes to play a game, though. Right. Well, I feel like they're making some changes that are maybe making that not the case. Uh, There's still all all of the annoying cards, of course, um, and the control aspects of it but sounds it feels like they're trying to give more uh speed to the the class uh that will hopefully make it feel less painful to play against no promises (laughs) (laughs) i feel like we got a lot of the same priest stuff and no promises (laughs) (laughs) sounds good well it wouldn't be the happy hearthstone if i didn't ask you to share some of the joy in your life so what has been making you happy lately um, just playing more Hearthstone, uh, like we talked about before, possibly getting back into streaming and come back live. So you never know. Just a lot of different things going around. Yeah, well, when when you uh, look for Joko, definitely catch a stream. Uh, it's one of the more entertaining ones that I've ever been part of. I met some of my best friends in streaming through his stream. So uh, I, he comes highly recommended. I'm really excited to get him back in uh, on this show. But that's why we have him here as a, our priest expert. So let's... Uh, <sighs> Let's go ahead and admit that we're, they're not deleting priests this set and start reviewing these cards. We will not be deleted. First up, we have the Fortune Teller. It's a common 5-mana 3-3 three, three mech with taunt and a battle cry. Gain plus 1, plus 1 for each spell in your hand. Yeah, you won't see much of it. Even if yeah, you a little... to a 7-7, seven, seven, you won't see it. 
Yeah, it's just a little bit expensive. Uh, there is some utility, I think, because you are going to have a lot of spells. Just priest generates a lot um, and generally keeps a pretty big hand, and most of those are spells. Um, but it's just a little iffy, iffy uh, if you don't get it boosted significantly and have it played on turn five. Um it feels like they gave some support for an APM priest again, though, where you might see it in some fringe decks, uh, but I, I kind of tend to agree you're not going to see it very often. Yeah, I think that it's just so bad off a top deck, and even if you put it into a control, you have to have it on five to make it good. Yeah, I just think for five mana, you'd rather pull a Convincing Infiltrator in there, take the six health and destroy something. Sorry, oh, yeah, still I, thought, here. I thought we were going to delete the convincing infiltrator in favor of this. <laughs> this isn't the one. The nameless one is the one. It says so in his name. Bliss. He's a legendary four mana four four with a battle cry. Choose a minion, become a four four copy of it, then silence it. Blizzard, hear me out. I love you guys. Please stop hating Priest. It's just going to be in everything, and it's a good card, singular. So it'll get thrown in Highlander, it'll get thrown in Control, it will silence everything, everyone will hate it, but it really is dependent more if there are uh, things to steal off, to become a copy of. Mm -hmm. I don't believe there was much of the 4 mana 4-3, what is that card called? The one they Hall of Famed? Uh, the Silence one, the yeah, neutral. Yeah, yeah, no, I you're can't think about. of it. Priest didn't really run that, so right. I don't know. I think you'll see it just because of the copy effect. Mm-hmm. Um, it just really depends if Libram Pal- Paladin runs a lot or something with really good death rattle. But I think you throw it in Highlander, and I think it's a good card overall. But this is what Blizzard does to a priest. They just give us singular cards that don't mesh well at all. So we got to throw it all together, and everyone hates us. <laughs> uh, the Idol of Ysarge, uh, epic eight mana spell. Summon a ten ten copy of a minion in your deck. So, as a degenerate big priest fan, <laughs> I really want this card to be good. But at eight mana, I think it's too slow. Uh, you would have to discount it with some of the cards coming up. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that it would be something that you'll run hard. I think it'll be great to get it off random generation, but too slow right now. Meta would have to really slow down. So a couple things on this. I feel like Priest is already doing a pretty good job of surviving until the later turns. So uh, I I feel like this is going to be played well in Big Priest and Res Priest. Um, and since it's a copy, then it's not even thinning your deck. So I, I think that this is going to be a really good card. Um, and... You know, you get a ten ten convincing infiltrator or or the like, it's gonna be really annoying to uh, play against. I think the thing that makes or made for standard big press go was you had uh, Shadow Essence, which was only six mana, and then you had Barnes at four. So play the Barnes, pull the Asharaj, 
and you're snowballing from there. Same thing with the six mana card. I just think it's too much. Hmm. Well, we shall see. I, I I really just feel like Priest has enough removal and uh, lower cost cards to survive to the turn that this gives them that extra power instead of just pinging people to death for two at a time. This is one of those ones that I think gives it the power. So uh, good to know. Um, I hope you're right. You, you have played a lot more Priest than I have. Uh, so I'll trust your opinion more than mine, but... Um, I, I am worried that this is going to be uh, a big uh, impact on the meta. The Nazmani Bloodweaver is a three mana rare two five minion. After you cast a spell, reduce the cost of a random card in your hand by one. I'm back and forth on this card mm-hmm. because it could be really powerful. Five health is enough, and we do have enough one and two mana spells now, zero mana spells that they could start pinging and giving us one off every spell um, or every card in our hand. I just don't know if it has a place right now. And I think it's going to be awkward for this upcoming expansion to play. But look for it in the future. If they keep putting priests with a lot of spells, Miracle Priest, could you finally work? Yeah, I keep thinking that APM Priest, this is definitely a card that would find a place in there. Uh, going back to that old Nomi Priest uh, archetype, if if you can get all of those things reduced in cost, um, you know, the danger is I don't think it'll hit the zero cost spells. So uh, you should just be able to, to blast through your hand, draw a ton of cards, get to the Nomi turn and... Uh, the problem is priest doesn't powerful. have any draw so we need the uh what should we call it option. to work we need the option there yeah to to make it work and if we don't have that then we're out of yeah. luck that's true and losing the um the cleric uh the draw on the cleric really really us. sets back <laughs> taking all our good cards but here you can discover a spell. It's palm reading, a rare three mana spell. Uh, discover a spell, reduce the cost of spells in your hand by one. Big fan. Think it gets ran. I think this gets ran way more than the last card we talked about, the Bloodweaver, uh, just because it's going to not only discount the discovered spell, but everything else in your hand. Um, and I just think this gets hard ran, and it might be the best card Priest got in this expansion and it's one of those ones that's going to be annoying because it is card generation and uh, utility and that it's a discover effect so um you know imagine this and renew kind of playing off of each other and just giving you endless heal and uh cost reduction so and even if you play this on three you're gonna hit at least three spells so in the long run it's free technically but you know i'm a big fan you're going to see it. Sorry, guy. <laughs> Auspicious Spirits, a rare four mana spell. Summon a random four cost minion. Uh, corrupt, summon a seven cost minion instead. Blizzard giveth, Blizzard taketh away. You will not see this one. Really? This is a pack filler. I don't think you're going to want a random four drop. The random seven drops, there's like three good ones. It's, you're not going to see it unless it's off of random generation 
and uh, no one's running it. Interesting. I, I was kind of just thinking this would play in um, in the archetype with the the eight mana one, uh, where you're just trying to you don't run any minions. You just summon random ones. I guess that one you you still have to run some minions, but. Uh, to help you with that ramp and a four mana seven cost minion even if there's only three good ones um you know there there's still a good chance you're gonna get those no. so i don't know priest can't go full-on casino priest so i wouldn't expect to see okay. that or maybe in duels then uh as part of a package or something where you get some really interesting uh synergies with new hero powers or treasures or something but yeah duels random generation other than that dust it insight a common two mana spell draw a minion corrupt reduce its cost by two <sighs> I don't think you'll see this one much either. I actually think that this is more of a pack filler than even the last one. Drawing a minion's great. Unless we get a deck that is specific to drawing a certain minion uh, to reduce its cost, you're not going to see it. Two mana draw, just draw the minion. Not good. Even if you reduce it, I don't think you'll see it. Priest can do way more things and get way many... Uh, random generated cards than this, so don't say. I, I kind of see this one as, um, I mean, it's basically a two mana draw, uh, but it's more specific in that it draws a minion. Priest typically doesn't run as high a percentage of minions, so you do get a little bit more of a target. And it's so easy to corrupt that it will probably always have that cost reduction. So it might lead to some, uh, some. Again, fringe plays with the old gods uh, and being able to combo the old god with something else uh, that could make it a little bit more interesting. Um, it would it would kind of be nice if it was draw two minions or something like that, uh, or draw a minion and a spell uh, for even a little bit more, uh, like we yeah. saw in some other classes. Um, so I'm a little torn. I think that, that people will be trying to use it with the old gods, with uh, maybe some of the new uh, high-cost um, cards just so they can combo, maybe even with Silas uh, for some weird priest combo uh, using him. Um, but, maybe. yeah. It, I, think, it's, I think Corrupt's going to be more awkward than we see. I agree. Uh, just playing it in the uh, Fireside Gathering, um, it, it was very awkward because uh, it, it just messes with it. Once people get used to it, I think it'll it'll be a lot more effective. Uh, but um, it, yeah, you you feel like you keep the wrong hands than when you have to hold something to corrupt it. Exactly. The Fairground Fool is a common three mana four three with taunt and corrupt gain plus four health. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see this one either. And for the very reason of corrupt. We saw in the live stream this worked perfectly with the Holy Novid and then threw this out, and it still wasn't great. Uh, we don't have Divine Spirit in a fire anymore, so the health is great, but I don't think you're going to see it because Corrupt is too awkward. Interesting. I mean, a three mana four seven seems pretty good but again you kind of want it on curve um with the taunt so four three isn't so great on curve um 
So yeah, I can see that uh, later in the game, you, there's probably better answers anyway, uh, even at a higher cost. Um, so I yeah. tend to agree we're not going to see a whole lot of this one. Um, I mean, best case is it's coming out on five. So right. you're already going to have probably a bunch of minions out there. Five drops are coming. And the reason why Injured Blade Master got put into Priest so long ago, uh, mm -hmm. the 4-7 body, you use that Circle of Healing, Divine Shield, Inner Fire, and mm -hmm. game over. Um, I don't even think, even if you resurrected it, it'll res as a corrupt version, but it's, there's bigger and better things you can uh, bring back. Agree. Gahoon the Blood God, a legendary 8-mana eight 8-8 eight, eight with a battle cry, draw two cards. They cost health instead of mana. And this is what I'm talking about. You give us some good cards, Blizzard, but what do we do with them? So 8-mana eight 8-8 eight is great. Draw two is amazing because Priest has no card draw. But what do you do when you're facing a Demon Hunter, you're at 20 health, and you draw two five drops off this, are you really going to go down to 10? Even if they're two taunts, King Sun Fury comes out and you hate your life and you're dead. So I think we'll see it. I think it'll be really situational. You'll probably see it more Highlander style than anything else. Unless there is some combo chef nomi need card um but it's going to be weird we're going to have to get used to this whole mechanic as a priest because i know uh, warlock has blood bloom but uh potential i'm not writing it yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't write this one off either. I, I feel like this is a, a hidden gem uh, that people have been talking about it as a, as a good card and uh, being able to play this and something else is pretty good. Um, yeah, if you get a really expensive card uh, and you're already low on life and facing uh, possible um, possible lethal next turn, then it's not great. But if you get some like low cost cards, um, some things that maybe uh, hit that double, uh, hit yourself for some life and heal it back up to get the cheaper uh, flesh golem, something like that. There's some pretty clever plays that I think you'll be able to do with oh, yeah. with those cards. Um, and then suddenly you have three eight eights on the board, for instance, and and that makes a, a big board swing. If, um, so. if the meta is slow enough, you will see this in every deck just because of the draw, and yeah. we don't have any. But if it's not slow meta, um, or there's a lot of combos coming out, it'll unfortunately go by the wayside. The Blood of Gahoon is an epic 9-mana 8-8 eight, eight taunt uh, elemental. At the end of your turn, summon a 5-5 five, five copy of a minion in your deck. I wanted it to be good. 9-mana yeah. is just always so hard, though. The last 9-mana card that really popped for Priest was Obsidian Statue. Mm -hmm. And you got to think it had taunt, lifesteal, and kill Dominion. Uh... Could be good in Resurrect Priest if they find it. What I really think this card does, it gives Priest an elemental. 
And I'm thinking kind of the Nazoth deck, mm-hmm. and this being the elemental in there, it could be really good. There's not really much elementals for priests that they have that are really good. Mm-hmm. So this just kind of has a lot of upside there. I want it to be really good. I think you'll see it. Um, probably not hard ran and more than either Nazoth possibly gets into Highlander. Uh, but I don't know. Be on the lookout for it. Yeah, it, it seems really good. Um, at least from a wild perspective where it can replace oh, yeah. Sarge, where uh, you're getting a copy of the, of the card instead of the card itself. So uh, a little bit less expensive. You only get it as a five, five, but you're going to res it anyway. So um, I'm eager to see how this works. Standard it might be a little bit expensive, but if we do slow down, um, then a five, five copy of a lot of things is pretty darn good, especially if you can res them again. So uh, I'm also eager to, to see where this goes in wild this probably slides right in and yeah. actually just gets played um i think it's a little trickier in standard but nazoth priest might be there it'll be the elemental all right and that is all that we have so overall it sounds like you're not super excited about a lot of the cards but do you think any new i mean obviously the nazoth uh, will be a new uh, archetype but any others uh, that you can think of or do you think there's more support for existing or uh, even nothing really shows up from this set in priest i think nazoth priest will be probably the standout of a new deck i think you'll get more highlander and Control Priest, everyone's favorite. Um, but that's what Blizzard does. Don't blame the Priest players. Blame Blizzard. <laughs> they give us all these cards that are good individual, and we just throw them in a deck, and that's what we get. They took our Divine Shield in a fire. They took our Mind Blast. It's just, just what they want us to do. Random frustrating Spirit. stuff. Yep, Divine Spirit, I'm sorry. Um, they just take our stuff. And we're going to take your guys now. We're going to kill you with it. Um, But um, realistically, uh, I think best cards from this is going to be Nameless One. You're going to see a lot. Palm Reading, you'll see a lot. And I think Blood of Gahoon. I think. Top three. All right. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to meet with me today and share your opinions. I look forward to seeing how uh, right or wrong you are. Um, Hopefully it's just bad enough they just delete Priest entirely and you can find uh, Demon Hunter as your new class or something uh, to that effect. I actually think they put in Demon Hunter to delete Priest, but because so many people have gravitated to it, gravitated to it, uh, I think that Priest is safe because people are starting to hate Demon Hunter just as much because it's too aggro. So, <laughs> Fair enough. So uh, so if someone wanted to reach out and get a hold of you and let you know that they feel the same way or that they totally disagree, how would they get in touch with you? Uh, Joko underscore 426 on Twitter and Twitch coming soon. So All right. Go throw up follow. <laughs> Thanks so much again, and I'll make sure to get that added to the show notes so people can uh, link directly to you. Uh, It's always great to see you, buddy. Much love, my friend, and we'll catch you next time. Appreciate you, guy. My warlock expert today is Sinister Me. Welcome to the show, Sinister Me. 
Hey, Guy, how's it going? It's going fantastic. So would you care to introduce yourself to the listeners here? Like how long you've been playing, what draws you to the Warlock class, and then any Hearthstone accomplishments that you'd like to share? Uh, yes, I've been playing since right after launch, uh, maybe about a month after. I uh, took a break for a little while, but pretty much since the start. Uh, what brought me to Warlock was I used to play a deck called Zoo and Magic, and uh, one of my friends who was a Magic player mm-hmm. uh, was telling me about Zoo Warlock, and he was like, hey, you like Zoo, you should play Zoo Warlock. And I played it, and it was the big deck at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, I just had a lot of fun playing it and, and performed very well for me. Um, and as far as accomplishments... Um, I've got a couple of uh, smaller tournament wins and stuff like that. Uh, early legend rankings. Uh, played against a lot of Hearthstone uh, big names now, but uh, you know back then they were just starting out and there wasn't a lot of legend players. So right. small pool and just we all kind of played each other a lot. Yeah, and I still see you up in the high legend on the wild side anyway, and uh, get a bunch of decks from you. So I know that you're you're kind of the expert when it comes to my uh, warlock experience, and appreciate all that you've done uh, for me uh, in particular. Uh, but it, this wouldn't be the Happy Hearthstone without at least asking you to share some of what br- is bringing you joy. So what's been making you happy lately? A big warrior, you know, every time I get kind of burned out on Hearthstone, I kind of just queue up my big warrior uh, deck list, and uh, I have a blast, and other players I'll be playing, uh, they'll be streaming, and I'll play against them, and then they'll hit me up afterwards and be like, hey, a couple of my viewers were asking me if I could get your uh, big warrior list, because it looked real fun, and it's, it's really interesting to see other people, like, see the fun in the deck. Yeah, yeah. And it's good to get away from uh, Warlock every now and then because Warlock being with demons and darkness, uh, you need something fun and light sometimes, right, to cheer up the mood. (laughs) Definitely. Big Warrior definitely does that. But why we're here is to talk about the Warlock, so let's get right to it. First up, we have the Revenant Rascal, an epic 3-mana 3-3 with a battle cry to destroy a mana crystal for both players. I think this card is going to be great. Um, its ability is similar to uh, the Mojo Master, mm-hmm. where it sets the mana back to five. This guy does the same thing, but for, at three mana, and you can kind of run him with the Mojo Master. So it kind of really helps with uh, smaller aggro decks and stuff like that to cap the, the mana curve. Mm-hmm. So these control decks that perform better late game don't really get to make it to the late game so i think this card is going to be great in a zoo style deck in particular or uh, just in and pretty much any deck uh pretty much the zoo style decks i could see mm-hmm. some control decks using it but that'd be more of like a um hand lock deck mm-hmm it, it looks like it should be a demon, so I'm a little disappointed that it doesn't have the demon tag, uh, to, to be honest. Right. But, I was disappointed in that as well. <laughs> but it is pretty funny. It looks like he's sticking his tongue out at us, and it uh, could be just a fun card. Uh, interesting to see if it's another kind of Hey Loser or P.U. You Stink kind of animation to <laughs> or uh, announcement uh, sounds. Uh, so sure. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing it. I didn't even think about that. That is a really good point. (laughs) 
Next up is Wicked Whispers. It's a one mana rare spell. Discard your lowest cost card and give your minions plus one plus one. Um, I'm not expecting a whole lot from this one. This is just another version of Grim Rally. Uh, there's another card that has a similar discard effect where it's discard the lowest, and that's Shriek. And while you'd think that card would be really good in a, a discard-style deck, it's not because of the fact that you're discarding your lowest card right. instead of the highest card. Agree. And uh, so usually early on, you're going to want to hold those cards so that you can play them. And so I, I don't like the discard your lowest cost card, although you can control it somewhat um, and maybe make it work uh, with the uh, spider egg or um, something like that. Uh, still, it still doesn't feel good. Uh, although Zoo can take advantage of things like this, so we're still to see. Probably doesn't fit into discard decks uh, as much as it might look at first glance. Definitely. I think it'll just be kind of a replacement for Grim Rally, just like another option. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we have the Deck of Chaos that's been getting all kinds of... Uh, meme potential and uh, thoughts around it. It's a legendary six mana spell. Swap the cost and attack of all minions in your deck. This card is like one of those scary cards. Uh, I don't think anyone's really going to be able to say how well this card's going to do because, yeah, it's got a lot of that meme potential, but it's also got a lot of like uh, game-breaking potential. Right. So it's, it's going to swing one way or the other. Um, I think it's going to be it's going to be broken eventually or you know the formula to make this card successful will come about eventually i don't know if it's going to come out right away and probably not in standard uh, i don't know four mana malagos in standard can still <laughs> do a lot with a couple of moarg enforcers and stuff uh, i'm <laughs> i'm not ruling it out in standard at all i think that this has a lot of a lot of potential uh, in a lot of different ways um, and it's not that difficult to get to turn six to be able to play this and then really change things up, especially with a plot twist to then to draw those minions into your hand and, and things like that. So um, I'm expecting big things from this one. <laughs> I'm buying into the hype. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for it, too. I, I think it's going to do some really interesting stuff. Uh, next up is Fire Breather. It's a rare 4-mana four 4-3 four, demon minion with a battle cry, deal 2 damage to all minions except demons. I, I like this card a lot. Um, with the new Paladin stuff, there's uh, the, the Yogg secret where mm-hmm. uh, it stops you from being able to cast a spell. Or it just turns the spell that you cast into a random spell the same cost. Mm-hmm. So with decks like... Odd Paladin and Wild, you're gonna have they're gonna have protection against board wipe. Since this mm-hmm. is a creature, it gets around that. Uh, same thing with in standard, you're gonna have like a demon aggro list, and this not hitting your demons is gonna be fantastic. It's gonna mm-hmm. allow you to just uh, accelerate the board. And- if only that earlier guy was a demon. <laughs> right that's one reason why i was upset about that (laughs) yeah demons haven't been super popular um as a as a minion type i i think 
we're starting to get the support to make that happen, though. Um, the Archwitch Willow was one that there just weren't enough demons to take advantage of. Seems like they're trying to correct that somewhat now. Not that this is one that you'd want to get from that, but, you know, it's still something that you can play and build on other synergies. Uh, next up is the Cascading Disaster, an epic four-mana spell. Destroy a random enemy minion. Corrupt, destroy two. And corrupt again, destroy three. I like this card a lot. I think this is uh, going to be a really good removal card for things like Reno Lock, Cube Lock, just control Warlock decks in general. Yeah. it's it, You get to play this and then kill three creatures and play something else the same turn, typically around a five or six mana card. Yeah, I mean, just as far as destroying an enemy minion for four is already better than other destruction uh, cards. And it's Warlock's going to be able to corrupt it pretty easily, I think. Uh, so getting two or three value for just four cards, uh, that's that's pretty crazy value. <laughs> right next up ticketus this is another one that's been getting a lot of uh, hype it's a battle cry it's i'm sorry it's a legendary six mana eight eight demon with a battle cry remove the top five cards from your deck and a corrupt effect you change that to your opponent's deck instead i feel this is the strongest warlock card being released uh there's gonna be an entire new archetype based around it uh mill warlock will be a thing uh, <laughs> this is just an amazing card this is a great counter to control decks uh it beats raza priests it's just an amazing card and i i think while we're gonna love it at first i think we're gonna just come to dread it later because it's gonna be such a powerful and uh huge staple in the format and, and yeah probably standard as well too uh, yeah, I imagine the standard as well. It doesn't have quite the the support, I don't think, to make a mill a new archetype, but it's still very useful for busting combos and uh, maybe getting rid of some C'Thun pieces or stuff like that. Uh, and it's not going to be that difficult to corrupt, especially if you're playing uh, big demons, uh, which they seem to be adding a lot of support for. Um, but even if you can't corrupt it, I mean, it's a six mana, eight, eight. I, I, it's probably worth the five cards that you lose to play it on curve because uh, it can be a real game swinger. Definitely. I think we're going to see a lot of wonderful things out of this card. Next up, the Midway Maniac. It's a common two-mana, one-five demon with taunt. Uh, this card, I think, is going to be great, particularly in standard. Uh, I think the demon zoo archetype is going to become a thing, and this is going to be one of the cards that we'll be playing in it. Uh, it's a pretty straightforward card, uh, one-five yeah. for two-mana and a demon with taunt. That's pretty good stats. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's great stats on the health side. I kind of worry that the one health or the one attack is going to be not quite enough to make it viable in uh, in standard. I think that this is a fantastic arena card um, just because you need that extra protection and it's still, uh, it still is really early. But um, I, I feel unless you are using other cards that boost its attack, um, it might just be a little too weak. Uh, we'll, we'll just have to see. Free admission is next. It's a rare three-mana spell. Draw two minions. If they're both demons, reduce their cost by two. 
this is going to be the card that I think is going to fuel the demon archetype. Yeah. Uh, drawing two or two minions for three mana is great. You know, we already have since demons that do that, but its ability to make them both cost two less is just really amazing. Right. And I mean, it's really arcane intellect with a plus side, right? So, um, and mana reduction is always one of the better pluses that you can get. And you imagine you get Ticketus from this, then, uh, you know, it makes him even easier to corrupt and you can still play him a bit early. You can even play him on the next turn, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Or, or just the deck of chaos. Yeah. (laughs) Good point. Uh, next up, the Minari Mosher, a common three mana, three four demon uh, with a battle cry. Give a friendly demon plus three attack and a life steal this turn. I really like this card. Uh, this is one of the cards I think is going to make the demon arch- archetype. It's great stats, it's demon, and being able to increase a minions like uh, you're saying the problem it had with the other demon was that it's attack was only one this will boost mm-hmm. it to a four and give it life steal which since you're warlock you're always drawing cards losing life gaining some life steal ability is going to help uh give the deck longevity yeah i mean really g- great stats for three mana it's a spider tank with a big ba- uh, big bonus like the life steal I, I i still feel a little uh frustrated that it's even a uh what do they call those um, uh, mechanic in Hearthstone? I think that especially in Warlock, where it has by far the best hero power uh, that is only really coupled by hurting yourself, that getting it back and getting it back cheaply and easily. Um, I mean, a three mana deal three damage and gain three life is good enough. But when you attach a three, four body to it, uh, this card is just insane. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to make... Warlock frustrating to play against because they have all the advantages again. The oh, yeah, the downside. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's really no downside at all to this. Even if you play it uh, just on curve, uh, it's it's strong. So um, all and all you need to do is have a minion uh, in play. Now, if playing it on turn three, maybe not as great because you're not going to get as big of a benefit from the life steal. You're probably not going to be been able to tap because you're playing the minions uh but still then you're still getting plus three attack and taking out whatever your opponent has on board or getting started on the face early so um nothing but positive side on this guy uh next up is the ring matron a common six mana six four demon with taunt and a death rattle of summon two three two imps uh, this one, I don't know if it's going to be in the Demon Archetype. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems more of a controlled Warlock card. Uh, with cards like Nazoth and Blood Reaver Gul'dan, you can reoccur this creature, gain some more uh, board minions. It's a great card for those type of decks. I don't know if it's going to be in a zoo style, but uh, it's great to have another demon that has taunt and has like big stats and has a death route trigger. Uh, and a six mana for six four. The four seems kind of weak for a taunt, so I'm not entirely sold on on this one. Uh, though 
I definitely see some applications for it, especially if you can get it out cheap. Like if you get it for four mana instead, um, then that's incredibly strong. Um, if you get it with the uh, Archwitch Willow, then that's not a terrible thing either. Um, so there's there's definitely a lot of pluses to this. And even though the three two imps are kind of inconsequential by the time you get this out, then those are pretty easy to destroy. And even the six four itself is pretty easy to destroy. You have to use a couple of cards to remove it. So um, I'm 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 not sold that this is going to be used a lot, but I, I think it'll be experimented with at least. Um, and that brings us to our neutral, Cthulhu the Shattered, legendary 10-mana 6-6. At the start of the game, you break it into four pieces and a battle cry of deal 30 damage randomly split amongst all enemies. The four pieces that you can get are the Body of Cthulhu, the Eye of Cthulhu, the Heart of Cthulhu, and the Maw of Cthulhu. Uh, we'll talk about them in the neutrals, but really quickly, they're all five-mana spells. The Body is... Uh, uh, summons a six mana six six taunt uh the eye deals seven damage randomly split among all enemies uh the heart is deal three damage to all minions and the uh, ma is to just destroy a minion once you play all four of those pieces then you get the six six Cthulhu the shattered deals a ton of damage and gets you achievements if you wipe out your opponent with it I absolutely love this card. Uh, so a lot of people watch the progress with my big warrior deck. And one problem it has right now is that it loses to control warlock decks. Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't really have a way to finish with it. You know, no direct damage. Well, this card answers that. And since it comes from spells, it doesn't affect whenever I cast recruit and stuff like that to pull a minion so i can wait till later use all these wonderful spells that are all control spells and then whenever i assemble it late game i have the mana i've already used all my recruits and i can just otk the opponent Mm -hmm. so this is a wonderful so do you see an application for it in warlock oh definitely definitely uh Warlock's got so many things going for it right now that a card like this is just more Lanya. More what? Oh, uh, Lanya. It means a little something extra. <laughs> ah, okay. That's the Cajun coming out. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. And that was the only uh, neutral that you wanted to talk about. So what are your thoughts overall as a class? It sounds like you think there's going to be some new archetypes. So um, you want to give us uh, just kind of an overview of where you think the class is going with this? Uh, I think this is going to create so many openings for Warlock. All these cards are primarily utility cards. Uh, They introduce a lot of new abilities that Warlock didn't really have access to originally. Mm -hmm. And so Warlock's already like pretty much the most powerful class in the game right like it's always been debated that it's got the best hero power that's why it's got a downside to it and when you give things like that more utility it just opens up so many doorways for them Mm -hmm. 
Well, perfect. I'm really excited to see what uh, comes out of this and what decks you build. Uh, I'm sure that the the rest of the audience is also eager. So thank you so much for joining us. Can you tell us how you might, uh, how we might be able to get in touch with you to say you were right about this card, you were wrong about this card, or find where you're building, what your deck lists are uh, for the new set? Uh, yes, uh, I have a Twitter, uh, Sinister Me. Uh, I have Twitch, Sinister Me. My warrior underscore today Sinister today is me Berserk. Oh, Welcome I'm sorry. to the show. Would you care Sinister to introduce yourself? Like how long is, you've been playing? What uh, draws you specifically to Warrior? And then maybe some of your Hearthstone achievements? And sure. So I started playing Twitter is um, in April of 2014. Just uh, but I didn't start to take well, the game seriously on a competitive too, level until about 2019. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I will definitely check I'm those out and make sure that they get put in the show notes so that people can find you easily. The, the class and make historically has been pretty My friend, I really appreciate you coming on to share your experience you with Warlock. Sounds like so it's got a everything lot of from aggro to coming. control um, and uh, yeah, something about the flavor of the cards and the concept of just gaining a lot of armor has always appealed to me. Nice. Uh, so it wouldn't be the happy Hearthstone if I didn't ask you to share some of your joy in your life. So what's been making you happy these days? Well, my other big hobby aside from playing Hearthstone is uh, bouldering. So if I'm not playing Hearthstone and I'm not working, I'm usually at the bouldering gym and um, climbing is a lot of fun for me. Oh, nice. Yeah. Always good to get exercise, especially these days when we feel cooped up a bit, uh, right? Yeah, for real. (laughs) Well, the reason that we have you here is because we have a bunch of new warrior cards that we want to talk about, and you're the the one that everyone recommended we have review them. So let's jump right in. Uh, First, we have the Tent Trasher. It's an epic 5-mana 5-5 dragon minion with Rush that costs one less for each friendly minion with a unique minion type. Yeah, so I give this card a three. I think it's a really strong mid-range card, and any card that allows for a degree of mana cheating tends to have some utility. Mm-hmm. The main thing for me is that um, this card really seems like it belongs in a Menagerie Warrior deck, and it doesn't, at least at first glance, seem to fit in a Control deck. Control already has access to cards like Restless Mummy, which in some ways are more flexible and more efficient than a card like this. Mm-hmm. But a mid-range deck would really love to get down a 5-5 body, you know, on turn 3 or, or turn 4. And the fact that it has Rush allows for immediate value trades, which is, of course, really good for tempo. So what uh, turn do you anticipate this would normally be played at if you were playing with it in your deck? That's a good question. I think that... If you can get this down semi-regularly on turn four, you're pretty happy. The The condition is kind of a difficult one, though, because the, the multi-tribe minions that you play have to stick on board, right? And so if right. you're playing against another mid-range deck or you're playing against a control deck, it, it can be hard to keep those minions on board long enough to really take advantage of Tent Trasher's effect. That's true, and there's definitely a lot of removal. It's been kind of uh, the the bane of people's existence uh, in the last few sets, just how much removal there is to keep the boards down. So uh, yeah. especially when you have to keep them of specific types, then uh, it can be played around a bit uh, by, oh, I'll kill the Murloc or the Pirate uh, just to 
keep this expensive, right? So I think that in a vacuum, this card is really strong. And if Menagerie Warrior ends up being a competitive deck, this is going to be one of the cards doing a lot of the work in that deck. But outside mm -hmm. of Menagerie Warrior, I'm not too sure how much application this card has. Yeah, that's fair. You really want to get that cost reduction, then a 5-mana five 5-5 five, five with Rush can be good. Dragon Warrior has been a thing in the past. Just uh, if you're not taking advantage of all of the benefits, then it, it makes it a little tougher to add into the deck. Yeah, exactly. Next up, we have the Ringmaster's Baton. It's a two-mana, one-three weapon. Uh, with after your hero attacks, give a mech, dragon, and pirate in your hand, plus one, plus one. Yeah, this is another one of those cards uh, that, you know, if Menagerie Warrior ends up being a thing, this is going to be really at, at the center of the deck. You know, if you're playing a Menagerie Warrior deck, your primary objective in the mulligan is to find this card or to find Corsair Cash if you're running it. Um, I gave this card a 2, because even though its application is really clear and the potential is there, it, it's got this weird conflict with a lot of the other cards you would want to run alongside it. So, mm -hmm. for instance, Corsair Cash helps you find this card consistently, but they both cost 2 mana, right? Mm -hmm. So there's this question of, if you're pushing back your hand buffs by a turn, is it significant enough that, that you can't keep up with other decks because, you know, it takes you until turn four, let's say, to get, you know, an overstated minion on the board? And I, I also see the problem of it being a hand buff, uh, which historically hasn't been all that strong. Uh, and especially in a menagerie build, you're going to have uh, minions, for, a, a lot of minions that uh, all across the spectrum of costs. So more likely the early hand you're going to keep is going to be low cost minions. So getting this buff uh, doesn't really help because you're hopefully playing those minions. Um, if you keep yeah. it for too long, then you you might end up with a big warrior type hand um, that can possibly work with all the tools that we had Um had added for that in the last set, but uh, I I kind of wonder how how useful or how many buffs you're gonna get with this um, uh, consistently. You, yeah. you really need to add some draw or something to uh, effectively use it, and there's just not a lot in Warrior right now. Exactly, I think that's a really good point. You know, if you are if you are playing a Menagerie Warrior deck and you want to find this card as consistently as possible, then that means you're mulliganing for it at the expense of the cards that you would want to be buffing, right? <laughs> right like you can't right. have it all in your opening hand unless you just draw the nuts. So I, I think what you're talking about with Big Warriors is the same idea that I had, which is that by the time a lot of these buffs are really sort of online and significant, your playstyle has shifted more towards something like Embiggen Druid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, agree. Uh, next up is Ringmaster Watley. It's a legendary 5-mana 3-5 with a battle cry of draw a mech, dragon, and pirate. Yeah, in terms of raw power level, I feel like this card is a 4. You know, if you play it on turn 5 and it draws you 3 cards, that's insane value and tempo. Agree. The question is... Um, how good is it if it draws you two cards? Uh, I think it's still pretty good, but not as good as if it draws you three. The cool thing about this card is that, you know, looking at already 
already popular cards like Deathwing or, or Skipper or Horde Pillager or whatever, you can see pretty clear application for a card like this in, in archetypes that already exist. It's not like this card has to go into Menagerie Warrior in the same way that Baton does. Mm-hmm. Although it does have great synergy with the baton, so if you do get it a little, get the baton a little bit later, then you could possibly uh, refill your hand and give the buff to everything uh, on the same turn, even, uh, which makes it maybe a little bit better um, if you've lost the early board. Yeah, uh, I think that's a fair point. Uh, this is also a card that I could see working pretty well in a deck like Highlander Warrior, which has sort of historically never really been at the top of the meta, but it's had periods of time where it's like a, an uncommon tier two deck. So if you like Highlander Warrior, then I think um, this increases the consistency of a deck like that, um, where, where you want to be running a lot of one-ups and it gives you a lot more flexibility to put in these kinds of tribal minions. Interesting. Yeah, well, that'll be... That'll be fun to see because uh, Highlander just has such great support anyway. And, uh, you know, if you can draw your uh, Dragon Queen Alexstrasza from it uh, yeah, exactly. consistently, then you're almost there to being able to play it and get some real value. Yeah. Uh, next up, ETC, God of Metal. It's a legendary 2-mana 1-4 after a friendly rush minion attacks deal 2 damage to the enemy hero. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to give this a one, but it enables this really. It enables this really fringe, obscure OTK, and I really like decks like that. So I decided mm-hmm. to give it a two. You know, you look at this card in isolation, and it's unimpressive slash borderline bad. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if you're familiar with the OTK. You you play the ETC. You cast Penflinger on your own ETC, so you damage it. Then you copy it twice with Bloodsworn Mercenary, and then you play Broom. So you've got three ETCs on board, the Flinger, both Mercenaries, and a Broom. That's seven minions. And if they all attack, it does 30 damage. Which is uh, which is crazy, and that's the kind of combo <laughs> decks that make memes dreams, or make yeah, dreams exactly. of memes. And <laughs> I, I definitely see people not, trying it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. But in terms of whether or not it's going to be any good... Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's you know, fair. Five card OTK like that in in a meta like this is just probably not going to happen. Unfortunately, probably asking for too much. It, it might happen uh, rarely enough to get on the uh, the best of the YouTube uh, highlight compilations. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Highlight yeah. compilations, um, but. Yeah, kind of like the Silas. Uh, it, that's a, even more consistent. So you might be able to even fit this in with a Silas uh, style deck with the Ashtung Soul Flare. I think this is mm-hmm. is, is the name, uh, but still probably not quite powerful enough. Um, decent stats though for two mana on um, uh, four health. Yeah. Uh, so you might you might see it just for a little bit of utility, but uh, I definitely see this as more of a meme and combo card yeah next up is stage dive a rare one mana spell draw a rush minion corrupt give it plus two plus one so this is a card that i had a pretty hard time evaluating um in a vacuum it's good it's it's at least a three maybe a four um it's a one mana card which means corrupting it is as easy as it's gonna get Uh, And one mana tutor a rush minion is pretty good. Right. The reason that I felt kind of conflicted about this card is that when you look at the the archetypes that exist right now, it's hard to see what you would cut 
from a deck like you know control warrior or bomb warrior mm -hmm. to put in stage dive because those decks don't really need a card like this um i think stage dive could really shine in a menagerie warrior deck um because mm. if you're playing menagerie warrior then you probably want to run cards like bumper car which we'll look at next um and stage dive has really good synergy with a cheap card like that um Hmm. But overall, so I gave this a three overall just because I, I felt like um, somewhere in the middle there. Um, but yeah, the main thing was just you look at a deck like Bomb Warrior, for instance, it really only runs one Rush Minion in Krastanov. Uh, you look at Enrage Warrior lists, they have way better draw engines with Battle Rage. And then you look at Control Warrior lists, and they don't really run Rush Minions for the most part at all. So I think that this sort of has to find a home in, in, a, in a different archetype. Makes sense to me. Uh, I saw this one and thought a little bit more about Wild, uh, that there's maybe some applications for it there where, you know, if you're just looking for your Zilliacs for saving you or something like that, it might be good. It'll be easy to get it corrupted, like you said. Um, so, you know, you're just boosting the Rush Minions. But even then, it's hard to think of what you might cut in the decks that would would run so many Rush Minions. Uh, so yeah. we'll, we'll see how the meta develops. And I look forward to seeing what you come up with uh to use it yeah <laughs> uh you mentioned this before bumper car it's a rare two mana one three mech minion with rush uh, and, and death rattle add two one one riders with rush to your hand yeah so i gave this one a two because i think again in isolation it's not a particularly impressive card mm -hmm. uh it, it has the red band wasp stat line um, but it doesn't have the enrage effect. Instead, it, it, it has this uh, this death rattle. Unfortunately, the tokens are not max, um, which is a little oh, bit of right. a bummer if you're playing a menagerie deck. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that any deck that does run this card is is going to be a menagerie deck, and and there is a world where it's pretty good. I mean, if you play, let's say, Corsair Cash on two, and then you play Stage Dive, which has been corrupted by the Corsair Cash. And it tutors this. It's uh, it's a three four two mana three four rush. So it's like an underbelly fence. And then you can swing with the with the baton, and and it's a four five. And you mm. swing again, and it's a five six on turn four. So I mean, there's definitely there's definitely scenarios where this card is is really good. It's just how consistently are you going to be curving out like that? Right. And it does have the the connection to etc. So. <laughs> Right. There's those, also those that. one ones will die, uh, but you'll you'll do the extra damage to the face. Might be just what you need to push over that last taunt. Um, but sort of I like agree. Reinforcements, but for warrior. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's a two card combo instead of a uh, use your hero power. So yeah, it seems kind of weak. Uh, not the greatest stats. It, it almost sounds or almost feels like it wants to be uh, in a control warrior uh, to me, but. It's just not good enough for for clear. So um, yeah. I don't think we're going to run into this very often. Maybe an arena because um, it has mm -hmm. that that third health for an early minion uh, with a upside. So um, yeah. I have a feeling we're going to see probably a decent amount of this in Menagerie Warrior decks in the first couple days, and then I, I tend to agree with you that it's probably going to become a little less popular as the expansion gets older. <laughs> So next up is Minefield, a two-mana 
Common spell, deal five damage randomly split among all minions. Yeah, so I love this card. I mean, yeah. I, I like Warrior generally, but Control Warrior has always been my favorite archetype, and I think that this is, uh, at least in standard, very clearly uh, a control card. Um, I mean, it's just nice, flexible removal. It can clean up the first, you know, two or three turns of a face hunter's development. You, you can use it to clean up after a brawl, you know, you, after a blade storm. I, I've heard a couple people saying that the meta would need to slow down for this card to see utility. But, you know, off the top of my head, I feel like if you just put it into a control warrior deck right now, it would be good against hunter, mage, paladin, demon hunter, probably rogue. Um, it definitely gets even more playable if the meta slows down, but I think just as is, it's already like a three. Yeah, definitely. I hadn't even thought of the applications against Rogue where you'll even be able to clear off their stealth minions, which seems like it got a little bit of a a bump too. So um, my my concern with it is it also hits your minions and my luck is always that it's going to clear my board and leave all of their one ones up. Uh, (laughs) That's true. Yeah, I I think that if you're playing a deck like Bomb Warrior, let's say, which doesn't really play minions in the first few turns anyway, then you don't mind. And if you're playing Control control Warrior, which is kind of the same, then you don't mind. But, you know, you don't want to put this in your Menagerie deck. You don't really want to put this in your Enrage deck. Yeah, and like you said, this this might be enough to slow down uh, the meta because... You're slowing yourself down and clearing their boards, then people are going to need to to respond by slowing their decks down to not lose all those early minions, or they don't play as many because they have this fear of minefield if it does show up. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see how how that works. And it has a tonk on it, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, next up is the Stagehand. He's a two-mana, three-two mech uh, minion with a battle cry. Give a random minion in your hand plus one, plus one. Seems pretty good, yeah. actually. So this just sort of strikes me as like the the classic like tempo card, right? It's like an aggressively mm-hmm. statted two-drop. It gives you tempo in that you know if it hits the right minion then an overstatted three drop could come down or something like that. Um, But at the same time, I just wonder how you're going to fit it into whatever deck it goes into. You know, I think that the likeliest candidate for which deck this goes into is probably a Menagerie deck. But if you're playing a Menagerie deck, I think you actually want to be running different mechs. And the mana cost on this is one of the bigger problems. Because a lot of the important stuff going on with the Menagerie deck is happening around the time you would want to play a card like this on Curve. Mm-hmm. Um, I That's think, a good point. And we have seen a lot of two drops. So. Yeah, I think it's going to end up being more like a one or a two. Um, but in Arena, this card's going to be really good. Oh, right. Really yeah. Good. You're not going to. This is being top pick in arena for sure interesting so i see the stat line and i get kind of excited and you know it definitely gives you the benefit on the battle cry so um i guess the two health is a bit of a problem on on turn two so it's likely to die right away and not give you that value so it's really two mana uh, maybe clear one of their minions and give a minion in your hand plus one plus one but there's some there's some other applications so i i think this is actually going to be 
good uh, and seen maybe more often in not just uh, menagerie decks, but probably, like you said, uh, uh, the the best application would be in those. Um, I hadn't considered the cost being uh, an over overrepresented part of that, so I could be very, very wrong. Um, and I appreciate your your thought process there, so I can think of it in a different light. Uh, next up is Feet of Strength. It's a three mana rare spell. Give a random taunt minion in your hand plus five plus five. This card makes me so sad. Um, <laughs> I gave it a zero, which oh, wow. might seem a little harsh, but I, I would frame it this way. Into the fray costs one mana, and it gives all of your taunt minions plus two plus two. Right. That card sees no play. Although, to be fair, there isn't a lot of support for Taunt Warrior, but the card doesn't see play, right? Mm -hmm. This card hits one minion. You can't pick which one. And it's like paying two more mana for plus three plus three. So I think that the the attractive part of a card like this is that, you know, we we also saw Sword Eater printed, which we'll look at next. Um, And the, the idea of playing Feet of Strength into Sword Eater is like, Wow, you know, that's a lot of tempo. But again, what what are you gonna do when you don't get feet of strength on three into sword eater on four? And then you consider, well, what if you get it off, but then you're playing against a priest and they just yoink your dude, you know? Right. <laughs> so I, I think that there are scenarios where this card is just like nuts because maybe your opponent has no way of answering the taunt. But I just think it's too easy to play around and, and by itself it doesn't do enough. I I tend to agree. I, I've tried the Taunt Warrior many times through the hit my history in Hearthstone and yeah. it it's never really worked for me. I've seen some people play it and have some success like in Wild with the quest, but um <laughs> but it doesn't feel like this is really meant for a standard deck a- anyway. It's it's a little slow. Um, yeah. it, it, it takes a whole turn to play. Um, you most likely can't play the taunt at the same time when it's still valuable. And yeah, there's too many, too many removal options to really uh, make something as specific as this work. I, I expect that we'll see it in some memes, uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably give it a one instead of a zero just because you know, I feel like being generous, but <laughs> That's fair. That's very fair. (laughs) Uh, Next up is the Sword Eater, a common four mana, two five pirate with taunt and battle cry. Equip a three two sword. Okay. Um, In terms of pure power level, this has to be a five. Like, if this card Mm -hmm. is not a five, then I'm not really sure what is. It's just so much stuff for four mana, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's a two five taunt. It has a tribe, which makes it easy for you to tutor it, mm-hmm. and you get a weapon. I mean, and like, the, and the weapon usually costs three for a three-two. So you know, it's yeah, one mana exactly. for a two-five taunt pirate. <laughs> it's just nuts. It's it's so much stuff in one card that this just has to be a five. But the weird thing is that despite this card being so good, I'm not really sure how much play it's going to see. Um, in the immediate future um, because 
you still have stuff like Corsair, Cash, Ankar, and then you, that makes you want to run Skippers and Sky Raiders. And so even though this card is so good, it's not really clear to me which current warrior deck it's going to go into, right? Like Bomb Warrior probably doesn't want to run this because they don't want that weapon. It's going to dilute the Horde Pillager pool or something mm-hmm. like that. Control Warrior could run this, but the Control Warrior lists are already pretty tight. So I don't know. This card is so good, but at the same time, I'm not sure where it's going to end up seeing the most play. That's a good question. I was kind of seeing it as, uh, you know, obviously the menagerie is what they're pushing and it's a good way to pull it. But like you're like you said, there's probably other uh, pirates that you would want in that situation. I think people at least try it um, initially as the pirate or one of a a couple small pirates uh, for the menagerie deck. And I'm actually kind of thinking we might see a return to pirate warrior again. It was experimented with a couple um, a couple expansions back and did fairly well. Uh, And I think I think we might actually see that happen again. I actually think that's a really good point. I think that aggressive pirate warriors would love to run this card. I mean, it lets them do so much at once. They can they can really put themselves in a good position to win any race, basically, by simultaneously developing a taunt like this and a weapon. Uh, and, and like you said, Menagerie Warrior is the other possibility. There's a little bit of a, of a conflict there because you don't want necessarily to override your baton with the 3-2 sword from this card. Um, Good point. But, you know, if you even just get one baton proc on this card and you're playing a 4-mana 3-6 that gives you a 3-2 weapon... That might just be great, you know. So yeah, and if you uh, if you just hold it until the baton is uh, is done, it could possibly have plus three, plus three, and then you That's get a true. three uh, three attack sword uh, as well. So yeah, uh, I, I think that even if this card doesn't stand out in the early you know week or or two first week or two of the expansion, I'm very confident there will come a time when this is practically an auto-include in every warrior deck. It might mm-hmm. take Corsair Cash rotating out of standard or something like that, mm-hmm. but eventually this card is going to be insanely good. And it's great art, you know, a hook and a yeah. sword. and it's really cool. <laughs> I should have worn my pirate hat uh, for, the, for this review. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so moving on to some neutrals uh, you that you recommended as ones that will be notable for the warrior. We have the Dark Moon Dirigible. It's a common three mana, three two mech with divine shield and a corrupt effect of gain rush. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you think about building a menagerie warrior, the first question is how many mechs do I need to run? How many pirates do I need to run? How many dragons do I need to run? Such that if I dedicate my mulligan to finding these key hand buffing cards, I can still, you know, through natural draw or whatever, manage to consistently curate a variety of tribes in my hand. Um, I am not like a statistician, so I couldn't come up (laughs) with an objective answer. But, you know, thinking about um, other decks that have run like dragons, let's say, a lot of people have, have, for one reason or another, settled on the number seven. Like, oh, seven dragons is enough when you're running cards like Breath of Dreams or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I figured you probably want to run at least five mechs. So you're thinking maybe two of these, two bumper cars, and, I don't know, two two Circus Amalgams, right? Because that's all minion types. Oh, right. Um, the idea is that 
if you're playing a hand buff deck, then the tempo from the overstated minions is paramount, right? Mm -hmm. So you could imagine buffing Dark Moon Dirigible and then corrupting it. So you're playing like a three mana five four Divine Shield Rush. That's a good point. I, I this one kind of uh, went by unnoticed by me, uh, so I was kind of excited to see that you you bring it up, and I, I guess I missed the value on it because uh, although it's going to be easy to corrupt, um, it I don't know it just seems kind of awkward stats at uh, three two for three, but. Yeah, but yeah. Divine Shield and with Rush and in a Menagerie deck that can buff it and pull it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I could see that being useful. And, you know, just, just to be clear, I don't think that this card is like amazing by any means. But mm -hmm. the idea is that, you know, if you're going to play a Menagerie deck, you've got to have at least so many mechs. And thinking about which mechs fit that game plan best, uh, this one sort of just stood out. It's not like a five by any means, but uh, I, I could see worlds where um, this card does a lot of work. Yeah. And now I'm even thinking, going back to Wild, that maybe we see a return to the Dr. Boom, because uh, obviously it'll be corrupted if you play Boom oh, and yeah. can discover this as part of his hero power and stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I, I'm looking at it differently now. So thanks for the new perspective. Of course. And then the Circus Amalgam, you referenced it just a moment ago. It's a four-mana common, four-five uh, minion with Taunt that has all minion types. Yeah, so very susceptible to Hungry Crab, of course. If your opponent is playing a Highlander deck, you should play around Zeph Hungry Crab. But, I mean, that aside, it's, I wasn't even really that serious. This card is just sort of a, a, a good statted four-drop. It has Taunt, and if you're playing a Menagerie deck, I mean... This fits the bill, right? It, mm -hmm. it, I think in particular would let a Menagerie Warrior deck shore up uh, a weakness in the number of dragons. I was thinking about the number of dragons that a Menagerie deck would want to run, and I couldn't really come up with anything aside from like the eight mana Deathwing and the two Tent Treasures. You know, you don't want to mm -hmm. put Scion of Ruin in your deck because you're not a Galakron deck, you're not invoking. Right. And a lot of the other dragons, the neutral ones, are just kind of underwhelming. You know, like mm -hmm. Fairy Dragon, Twilight Drake, um, Evasive Worm, Big Old Whelp. So I, I felt like a 4-mana four 4-5 four, is a pretty good stat line. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Just sort of and Taunt. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, notably, uh, in the Menagerie class, the one that they've been pushing, the Menagerie, uh, I was kind of surprised that you didn't want to include Nazar. Uh, in this is that just too obvious so um no i think that the reason i didn't include nazoth was because my my initial thoughts about what a menagerie warrior would look like i, I guess we're just much more um aggressive i think nazoth certainly has a place in a mid-range deck for sure right you run it at the top end and it's just one of a few um seven plus mana cards um, I, I think that um, I had just envisioned a more aggressive version of the deck, but yeah, yeah. now that you mention it, I can see Nazoth being great. I mean, even if it even if it doesn't make it into like whatever early iterations of Menagerie Warrior come out, um, it would certainly be a great tech card in slower matchups for sure. 
Absolutely. Well, yeah, you, I think it's maybe just uh, I come from it from the the Diamond Five perspective of hey memes and uh, and fun. I think I'm going to see a lot of it where I am. Whereas maybe the competitive players uh, avoid the old gods a little bit more than the the lower rank ladder. Uh, so, <laughs> well, does Nizoth would it resummon? Uh, let's say if you corrupted a dirigible, would it resummon the dirigible in the corrupted version? No, no. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Nonetheless, I mean, it is just another big board. It could be a great finisher. It, yeah, and it yeah. has been in, in other mid-range decks historically. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that gets us through all of the cards. So I really, really appreciate you coming on and sharing your uh, your thoughts. Definitely had me change my mind on a few things. And uh, I look forward to seeing what, uh, what you come up with, especially for Warrior. So any final thoughts before we say our goodbyes? Hmm. Well, uh, I think that the power level of, of this set for Warrior in particular, uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't exceed the power level of some of the other sets that are currently in standard. So mm-hmm. if you really like Warrior and you're feeling a little bit disappointed by some of these cards, I would just say don't worry too much because as the meta evolves and more expansions come out, I, I think we'll see some of the cards in this set really start to shine. Mm-hmm. And I think that there will be people trying the new archetype of the Menagerie. I guess it's not necessarily new, but um, it's kind of not been in vogue for a while. So that should give some some deck builders some ideas. And uh, I agree. Uh, it's a, it seems a little weaker than some of the others that we've been reviewing. Uh, but there's there's still promise there's still some some cards that you were saying five stars and will be in everything until it rotates out so uh <laughs> great point and I'm, I'm sure that you're going to be the one that everybody reaches out to when and says you were right <laughs> <laughs> so so when they want to reach out to you how would they go about that where can people find you uh well you can find me on twitter my twitter handle is bzrk underscore hs and uh, I stream really rarely, but with the new expansion coming out, I'm considering streaming a little bit more often. You should. My, my, my Twitch channel is also bzrk underscore hs. So, um, yeah. All right. We'll make sure to get those in the show notes so that people can find you a little bit easier and click over. Uh, thanks again so much for being part of the show. And uh, have a great day. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Only one day left. Be sure to come back tomorrow for more intrigue and, of course, delicious deep-fried bear food. Again, special thanks to our producers, Menok and Number Theory, for your continued patronage. Your support means the world to us at the Happy Hearthstone, and it just wouldn't be the same without you. 